season preview. It's time to talk some basketball on That's What G Said podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in as we have our 2023-2024 NBA season preview. First up, Eric from ETOP21 Sports will join us to give a couple of his best bets, some futures, and some things that he's played for the season in the NBA. And then we get into the team-by-team preview over three hours, we go over every single team in alphabetical order with Dave Handelin. I believe this is year four that we've done our big preview like this. It's gotten great reviews because we don't dodge anything. We'll hit all the discussions on all the teams. We don't try to cut any corners. And if you're a fan, if you're a gambler, if you're a fantasy player, a DFS player, I think you'll really enjoy this. Dave knows basketball, loves basketball, and he gets to watch a lot of these players come in each time they come in to play the T-Wolves. And he knows the numbers. He breaks it all down um, when he's watching them. And then he's able to you know, put together uh, his thought process and love talking basketball with Dave and positives on some teams that we like negatives on why we may not like them some plays here and there but we'll get you everything to have you all ready to rock for Tuesday when the NBA season tips off so a big basketball preview here on That's What G Said podcast that is presented by full service realtor Cindy Carava, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. That's the website. She can help you out with anything you need in the world of real estate, buying, selling, leasing. Contact Cindy. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people you will ever meet. CindyCarava.com. Let's get into NBA. First up, Eric joins us for about 20 minutes or so. We go over some of his best plays, and then we start with the Atlanta Hawks with Dave Handelin, and we go from Atlanta all the way down to the Washington Wizards. Thoughts on every single team. Kick back and enjoy as you have a few hours of NBA right now coming up. Eric, man, we talk college football every week. We talk NBA. We talk NFL every week, and now it's so busy. It's like, oh my God, the NBA season starts in just a few days. So I had to get you on to at least share a few best bets because I know you like to play a lot of futures. You like to lock things in early on, maybe some player props as far as overs or unders for totals and stuff like that. Should be a fun year uh, for the both of us from a gambling and a rooting standpoint. It's always fun when you feel like your team has a legitimate shot to win the NBA championship. I think you and I probably as fans feel like our teams are in the conversation of the group of maybe six or seven teams that, that probably feel that way. Yeah. I mean, obviously the big news is what's happened in the Eastern conference. Um, So what are the big ones just to kind of hit? We got Dame to the bucks. We got drew and Porzingis to Boston. Those are some of the big ones. Um, Houston and the West, they've kind of got an interesting pieces that they brought in like Van Vliet and Brooks, along with some of their young um, their young core. And then we got the big James Harden sort of thing weighing over everyone, right? Like, is that going to happen at some point? Is he going to go to the Clippers? What's going to happen with him there with the Sixers? So yeah, the East feels like there's a lot more happening there. You know, Dame coming just a lot more player movement, especially towards the top. Um, so how, how does that play out into some of your handicaps? You know, what, what are some of the things that we've kind of seen is like, we look at the Celtics roster. We look at the Bucks roster. I'll just kind of use them as examples. They've always kind of had like, like defensive type guys. Yeah. Um, Grant Williams, uh, Marcus Smart. 
Well, think about who the Celtics um, lost. Brogdon, Williams, Smart, and Williams. Both Williams. Yeah, like, and now you bring in Holiday, who's good defensively, but their main thing was Porzingis. You know, so and you look at the Bucks. They really struggled in the half court set with how good defensively they were. Now they bring in Lillard. It kind of seems like the teams in the East have put more emphasis on offense. On offense, um, I really feel that the way I attacked the futures market was kind of kind of simple. Um, obviously, you know we've I've put out before. I did take a, a big price in the Clippers just because I feel the West is a little bit. Um, West is a little bit wide open. I think they could make a run if everyone is able to stay healthy in terms of the Eastern Conference. Well, the, and the, only, the thing about playing the Clippers this year, at least, is that they're finally in a place where from value, you can play them. Because the last yeah. couple of years, you, it wouldn't ever have made sense to play a team like that that was overvalued. Now yeah. they're valued where they should be. They're, they're valued like a team that isn't perfect, like a team that might have some bumps and some bruises and that might have some injuries, but you're not having to pay for uh, them to win the West at the second choice, right? That's where they had been for a while now. So that like, if they're healthy, they're as good as anyone else. And now at least you're getting rewarded for the, if they stay healthy point of it. Yeah. And I, in terms of the East, look, the only future I'm going to bet, I bet two futures. I bet, that the Pistons would make the play-in tournament at plus money. I really think that this is going to be the year where we see them kind of go after it. There is no quote-unquote can't-miss prospect this year. With the Scoot Henderson and the Wemby this year, I think that they're going to go after it. But I also like the Magic to make the playoffs here at plus 185. You just kind of look at their young roster. You know, they got Franz Wagner, Wendell Clark. They got Pablo. They have a great front court. You factor in John, Jonathan Isaacs could be back. They added in Joan Ingles for experience on the wing, someone that's been in the playoffs multiple times. I like back this team a lot, Eric. I do uh, too. Harris. I, I bet them to make the playoffs. I think they can get the six seed. They're fun because um, I so kind of liked them last year, and it just felt like it was a year ahead for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like watching the two guys for them really to lean on. I think they could have two top 35 to 40 players in the league as as quickly as this year. With Paolo and with Franz. Like, yeah. those two I, guys are legitimate. Like, to, I don't, I think Franz, he he's kind of like a, he's like a buzzy player online with some groups. But I don't think the, nat, like, the average NBA fan has any idea how good that guy is. Like, I, I really don't. Like, he's oh, a fan. Insane. He is insanely good. Um, And Paolo, Paolo. Is, an, uh, is, Paolo yeah. is another guy who, he just went and, even though they didn't win, I love when guys go and play with the younger guys, especially go and play in like the world championships because he got to be around a bunch of other really good players that practice hard, that work hard with Steve Kerr there and good coaching and good, like just good basketball, right? Be around yeah. that, be around that culture. I think they're going to have a really big, big year. And I love this play of yours. Cause it feels like you got like six ish teams that you can kind of, maybe pencil in in the east and i think there's yeah. there's probably like two I think, spots i think they could get it in also you got to look at it like this the way it is now is you got to be you got to read read your rules if some of them have these play-in type rules if they make it to the play-in tournament then don't get in that doesn't count so make sure you read the rules of your sports book the next one i'm going to go to is 
I played the Dallas Mavericks to not make the playoffs at plus 150. Um, let's just kind of take a look at this roster if 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 we can real quick. And Craig Brown, Dexter this Dennis, is- Ante Exum, Josh Green, Jaden Hayden, Richard. That's Cole. their well, that's their bench. That's yeah. their bench. Like that, those yeah. are guys that are ha- going to have to be contributing off the bench for them. Um, yeah. and They're- you have like, and we all know this Kyrie thing is going to blow How do you up. trust him? How do you, when is the last, I think Bill Simmons said this on his podcast I was listening to a couple weeks ago. When was the last normal season of basketball Kyrie has had? You yeah. literally have to go back six years when there was an actual normal season where he didn't have, I'm not going to play. I don't want to trade me. I'm going to sit out. I'm not doing that. It's been six years. And I mean, just... Just kind of look at it. They got Josh Green, Grant Williams, Derek Lively, Rookley, Derek Poller, Maxi Kieber, OMP, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jaden Hardy. This this roster is a bottom tier roster. I don't think they're going to struggle. I think we're going to have the Luca, the same thing we've seen with Giannis. With hey, make a move or I'm out. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, the next play in the West that I have. Well, do they even is- have size? Like, what's their size? Well, they brought in Richard Holmes from the from the Kings. He's a six ten, good the, defender. Sean Holmes, yeah, the like he, but he's like yeah. they got lively fine. seven foot one, but he's only nineteen. Like, how much is he going to be able to provide you? Well, like if for example, they're in the West right now, and let's look at in the West. If they've got to beat the Lakers or the Nuggets, who's defending Jokic or Anthony Davis in those games? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. Exactly. Like right off the bat, look at the two teams you may have to beat. That's how you got to kind of start, right? You don't even mm-hmm. have anything for either of those teams. Like, who's exactly. defending wings for them? Even like they're they're like, just they're, a bad roster, top to bottom. They're they just are an insanely an insanely bad roster. But one roster I really like is the OKC Thunder. I Man, actually played here. them at hundred to one, just because I think it's possible we could see them have the best record in the Western Conference. Let's take a look. I at locked it. in your boy I, I, on your show. A couple months ago, uh, I played Chet at plus seven fifty to win yeah. Rookie of the Year, which might it's gone down quite a bit. And like watching Wemby now, like if he stays healthy, he's gonna be a freak. But he's the, obviously but incredible, the thing but is, is he's not gonna play a whole year. No, and like, I, it, Chet could very much impact winning. Like we're talking about, yeah. he could be on a fifty win team. That's a good, good basketball team. Yeah. That's really well rounded, and he could be making like he could have incredible like advanced stats because of that. I, I'm super high on Chet. I'm super high on Shea, and it, it's a little scary to me, Eric, because two of my futures this year are also OKC and Orlando. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's kind of crazy how stuff has changed. I like I played OKC here. I got them at hundred to one. Just my thought process is going to be. They're one of the top-ranked teams in the West, which we saw when the Grizzlies did after they played the play-in. Easy hedge opportunity. Let's look at the top teams in the West. Golden State Warriors, they really don't care about having the top top seed. For them, it's all about making sure Curry is healthy. You have the Suns, same thing. I don't know how much Durant um, and uh, Beal 
and Booker are all going to play. I think they're going to probably be the three seed. And then you Nuggets, put Nurkic in the mix there too. Like he's yeah. always banged up. It just, yeah. Nuggets, same thing. I don't like, we saw the Nuggets get off to a huge start and then they kind of coasted to the end of the season. They easily could have done the same thing. The Clippers, we don't really don't know what's going on with George, Leonard, and crew. You don't Grizzly. want to trust, like the Clippers are, a, the Clippers are a team that, if they get there and they're in a series, you can win. But you would never want to play the Clippers yeah. to be like the number one seed because you just, they're never going to do it. Even the Lakers, who could be more likely to get it because I could see them just having more guys play. Like they're going to be nights where they're, where AD's not playing and where LeBron's not they're playing and probably them. Reeves too. Yeah. They're probably going to want to do that with Reeves, like you pointed out, because he's played extra minutes, you know, this year in the, uh, in the international stuff. The Memphis, no jaw. For the first 25 and games. Wojo, Wojo just tweeted out Steven Adams is having season-ending knee injury. So, wow. I mean, the Grizzlies are a little little more banged up. Um, so, look, if they are 100-1 to and I can hedge out of it because they have the best record, that's a great position to be in. Because the young teams that. try more to get that, yeah. right? Like, they are the teams that it's more important for them to win regular season games to kind of mm -hmm. prove it, to set this really good um, – like, set these really good habits. So – yeah, I like this and one also too. Also, piggybacking that, I did play Shea Gilders Alexander to win MVP at yep. twenty-five to one. If they are this good, if they are one of the better teams in the league, if they are hosting a playoff team, playoff game, excuse me, he's going to be right, right there in that mix. So I played Shea Gilders Alexander at twenty-five to one to be the MVP. I also locked in that Chet Holgram to win the D, to win Rookie of the Year. Again, my thought process is this: I don't think Wemby plays a whole season. No, there's a lot of holes for the San Antonio team. This is a long term build. He still needs to add muscle. He's only 18, 19 years old. I doubt that they play him the whole season. And the bruises and the bumps with him, you kind of just worry. Even if they wanted to, you worry about it with his frame. He's He's got to figure out how to play, what he can do, what he can't get away with. He reminds me when you watch him. He reminds me of like one of those players that like when they come into the league at the very beginning, Anthony Davis was like this too. This is why he gets hurt a little, like a lot. He goes after everything. And like he tries to block every shot, even yeah. shots that are not in his range or radar. Like you got to understand sometimes like you don't need to jump and go after that because the probability of you coming down and turning an ankle and, or like. Yeah. And I just kind of feel that, um, they're going to have teams that just look to physical amount. Stanley Johnson, Stanley Johnson, who played for the my Pistons, worst draft pick and one of, one of the worst draft picks in the history of the organization. He had this thing when he first came in. He was just amazed how tired he always was, just because he had all these guys just constantly leaning on him physically, and that physically just kind of beating him up. So I, I don't know. I I think there's value on chat. I also played Scoop. I just feel that now, especially with Dame gone. This is going to be his team. They're going to throw him to the wolves. They're going to let him do anything he wants to do out there. And they're going to try to make this a stable point. So Scoot, I got him, I think, at three or four to one to be um, to be rookie of the year. And uh, that's, that's kind of the futures that I've locked in. Obviously, if there's some sort of injury and you can get an inflated number, like if right now on my sheet, if I have at any point during the season, if the Celtics – Bucks, Suns get to ten to one. I'll look to play them. Uh, I want to just run a few of mine by you that I that I've locked in or think or players that I'm particularly high on this year um, for some of their props. 
two guys on the Warriors. I drafted them both in season-long fantasy. I'm going to play these guys a lot in DFS, especially early in the year. The Warriors roster, oh my gosh. It is a bad, bad roster. It or not the I'm sorry, I said the Warriors a few times. I'm sorry, the Wizards. The Wizards, the Washington Wizards roster is atrocious, horrible. There's two guys that are gonna light it up, Poole and Kuzma. And th- those two guys, dude, they could have in some absurd nights, Eric, where there's nobody else on the team for them. Like, go down yeah. that roster. Who else is even gonna have the ball in their hands a whole ton? It, Tyus Jones is someone they're going to probably trade to a, like a contending team. Tyus Jones could really help like a good team, you know, be a, like a really nice point guard off the bench. And I could see pool having like high twenties points per game. And same thing with Kuzma. I wanted to find one with pool to win, to lead the league in scoring, but I could never, right? I could me too. Me too. Just some absurd things like that. So those are my two guys from Washington, Kuzma Pool. I'm going to lean a lot on them early in the year, especially in DFS, because I I feel like they'll be a little undervalued to start. And then once they start getting huge, huge games like that, like Kuzma improved his passing and his rebounds the last couple of years. He's going to be like playmaking for them a ton. It's going to be crazy because you, you really look at them. Someone's got to score. You know, and they only have guys like Poole and Kuzma who are going to be their main, main pieces. Uh, another, other one, Aiton. I'm going to play a lot of Aiton props. I think this is going to be an opportunity for Aiton, right? Like he's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a lot of shots, a lot more than he wanted. Will Portland be good? I don't know, but Aiton's going to at least get what he wanted this year. I think that's why they traded for him. I don't think they go make that trade and bring him in if you don't want to try to use him. So I feel like Aiton, some over props, scoring. Uh, Aiton's another guy I'm going to be playing early on. Eight, like some Aiton double doubles early. Oh, Remember, I did. I totally forgot. I did eight. I got Aiton a hundred to one to be most improved player. Right, and that's I, he's another guy. It reminds me a little bit of Goff for you. I think we forget Aiton was a top top player coming out of college. Like he was very good. And the thing about Aiton, he was really good offensively. He was never like a defensive player ever at Arizona. Like that was his weakness. He was a really, really good offensive guy. That was sort of the knock on him coming out was, do you want to go get a big offensive center? And it was not long after Okafor had just been selected, right? So it was kind of like, he's kind of like him. He could be good for offense, but he'll give you nothing defensively. I like Aiton. I think he's going to have a good year. And then my other one, dude, I'm super impressed with, this guy, the more that I watch him play and I've been reading in some of the, like the season previews, doing a lot of my research and stuff for NBA season, getting my bets locked in. I didn't realize how hurt Desmond Bain was last year at the second half of the season. He was legitimately hurt. They had to do the, they had to give him like special insoles for his shoes because he didn't want, uh, because everything that was going on with jaw and all the injuries that Memphis had last year, he didn't want to end his season early. He knew he they needed him to be the guy. So he just sort of sucked it up. And two days after the playoffs, he had a surgery. Two days after they got eliminated, he had surgery. And if you've been watching him in the preseason, he has been amazing. He is smooth. He can shoot the three. And there's going to be no jaw early. So he's going to be leaned on a ton. 
I would not be surprised if he was close to 30 points a game for the first like 25 games of the year. Honestly, if he was one of the guys that is leading the league in scoring or close to it, it would not shock me at all with, you know, that first 25, 30 games. The only thing that might hurt him is Marcus Smart sitting next to him going, my turn, you know, because Smart sometimes uh, Smart sometimes wants to go nuts. But those are guys I'm leaning on uh, to start the year. Kuzma, Poole, Aiton, Bain. I don't know if any of them are going to be necessarily on winning teams or impact the winning as much, but I do think they're going to be able to get a lot of counting stats. And those are some guys that I'm looking to lean on. So Eric, buddy, thanks for taking out a few minutes of your time to talk some NBA. I appreciate it. You and I talk NFL each and every week. And then as the NFL season winds down a little, we'll start to shift over and, uh, and put our focus into the NBA. We'll all be following you uh, and all of your shows because you incorporate everything on your shows, right? Like on your pod and uh, on Tuesday and on uh, later in the week on Friday, you'll have a little bit of basketball, a little bit of football, some NASCAR, kind of everything that's going on. Yeah, I got, you name it, I have it going on. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we can continue our winning. Oh, you've got it going on, my friend. You have got it going on. Love you, buddy. Thanks again for all the hard work. We'll talk a little later on in the week when uh, you and I preview NFL week eight. Pretty crazy that we're already flying through week eight of the NFL. Thanks so much, everyone, for hanging out with us. We'll have more basketball talk on this show. We're going to get into a big full season preview with Dave Handelin from the uh, the T-Wolves. He's the radio statistician for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we've talked now, I think, three or four years in a row. And we're both pretty high on our teams this year, the T-Wolves and Ant. Could be fun in the Lakers. Could be a lot of fun now too. So if you're an NBA fan, stay tuned on the podcast for more of that. If you're watching on social media, make sure you follow Eric. He does a fantastic job with whatever he's talking. We always know Eric is prepped and ready to rock. Good luck, everyone. And uh, hope we crush it this year in the NBA. Big thank you to Eric for helping us out, sharing some of his best bets for the year. Let's get into the team-by-team previews right now. We first up start with the Atlanta Hawks. We go through, we don't, separate by conference or anything like that. We just start with Atlanta, Boston, all the way down. We finish up with the Wizards, a few minutes on each team, a few more extra minutes on uh, the Lakers and the T-Wolves because those are our teams and we like to get deep into them. But for all of you that are fans, betters, everything, I always like to hit on every team and not just pick a few out or maybe the most popular teams because everybody likes to hear how their team could do and thoughts and prospects. So the season starts Tuesday. Everybody's got a shot now. Let's talk NBA, our full season preview with Dave Handlin. I love this conversation every single year. One of my favorite chats coming up is our NBA preview. Dave Handlin, the radio statistician for the Minnesota T-Wolves, has joined us. I think this is either year three or four. And I believe the highest rated show of any show I've ever had was our NBA preview from a couple years ago. He uh, is in demand as much as Taylor Swift right now. And I was able to secure him on this podcast. When the people speak, he listens. He's also got like an LA night thing going on too, where he's just sweeping the nation right now. (laughs) Dave Handlin, how you doing, buddy? LA night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna use that. You're when you were using that great intro. I thought I was gonna compare us to Swift and Kelsey, but you are you beat me to it. So I guess I, I stole it, man. Uh, it's cool when we get the chance to talk to. It's always such a great time of the year because we're in the middle of football season and college football, baseball is just finishing up, and then basketball is getting ready to start. The Breeders' Cup is is 
right around the corner. So for guys like us who like to play sports, like to play fantasy stuff, like to bet on the races, this is just an awesome time of year. And I even get a couple more because I've got I've got some NASCAR love on me and oh, NHL yeah. is bigger on here. So it's we got everything going on. It is a great, great time, and uh, Dave and I love basketball. We love our teams. I'm a Laker fan. Dave's a, a T-Wolves fan, but we just love to watch basketball overall in general. Hoop nerds and uh, love throwing it on in the background and just watching all sorts of games, and Dave gets a chance to see all these teams uh, one time or another throughout the year and cover the games where they're playing the T-Wolves. So uh, it's always nice to chat with you because you get some uh, eyes on a lot of players that, you know, People may not know all the time, you know, you know, the guys on the benches too, you know, the guys that are getting rotations. Um, we have a blast and it is, I think since we did, since we talked, I mean, it feels at least like towards the top in both conference, you have at least a few teams that feel like they have a legitimate chance to win it. And I think for both of us, we feel pretty confident about our teams having a nice year and having the chance to make a deep run. Yeah, it's. I think this is setting up for a really good NBA season with just right like Denver, like we have Denver, the returning champs, but you can make cases for a couple teams. Feels like maybe you can make the West appears to be a little bit more open than the East. The East mm-hmm. seems a little bit more top heavy, but the West, it's it's going to be a gauntlet in the West and the like survival and positioning itself just to be healthy and ready to go come playoff time. It's, I'm looking forward to this year because you can make a lot of different cases with teams. So when, we'll go through it and, and do that here. So when we're looking at just the way the win totals for some of these teams are projected, um, you can actually see it. Like you have a couple of tiers. There's like the first tier where you've got the Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets, Suns, and they're all between 52 and a half to 54 and a half wins or so. So you can see Vegas sort of thinks those are the top two teams in the East, top two teams in the West. Then you got the Cavs below them kind of sitting by themselves. After that, there's a group of 12 teams that they have separated by like three and a half games um, in Mm -hmm. win totals. So they think that everyone's going to be right there in that range. And that's where both of our teams are right in that range of like, 44 to 48 wins. It's going to be a log jam right there. It looks like it's, and it'll, this is where it's going to be interesting with like the regular season with like the new requirements to be help, like to be there for award season at the end of the 65, the right? 65 game minimum. And like, you're going to get guys playing probably a couple more games than they would have in order to hit that threshold. And I, I know like there's been players out there saying, ah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're going to play when they play anyways. But that's a lot of money involved for some of mm-hmm. these guys regarding contracts. And we've got a couple of guys up for it, Minnesota included, where you have to play that 65 games. Look at John Morant kind of was a victim of that, where he did mm-hmm. not get his games and lost, miss, missed out on the larger contract as a result. It matters. He- We'll show. Uh, we'll have an in-season tourney pop up. Maybe we'll we'll chat again in a in a month, a month and a half before that starts. But it, yeah, we're gonna have a, for the first time ever the NBA having an in-season tournament. Um, it'll be basically part of the season, except for the teams that make it deep will have an extra game, I think, or two. But for the most part, it won't be like on top of. They're sort of incorporating some of the games in the season and some of your normal schedule. So it'll be a little bit unique. I don't know how it's what the reaction is going to be like that it'll probably be pretty fun when your team wins it the first time the first couple years and then 
inevitably when somebody gets hurt in one of those games, everyone's going to get frustrated that it happened, but it it still feels like it's a part of the season, at least. And you're not having a a chunk of the season where guys are supposed to be resting and that's where they're playing. Like, I think they're, I was a little bit skeptical of it with how they were doing it, but then hearing more like, right. They're going to have designated, like these are nights, this night nights for it. So it's like, all right, you know, that Tuesday night and Friday night, these are part of your league pool game. So it's like everybody's in this together. You know that they're going to have like two different ones of those. Um, if you do notice like, yeah. So in order to make the league games, right. So everybody's still playing the 82 games. There's a week in December, like the fourth through like the 12th that you'll notice that no NBA teams have any games scheduled. And that'll be like, if your team isn't make if your team doesn't make it to the quarterfinals, then the league will schedule two games within that time frame for you. So if the Lakers and the Timberwolves both miss out and don't make it to the tournament, the NBA will schedule them, in, like, in I that believe, f- a home and away game for, for, for versus different teams. So they're trying something new. You know what? I never, I never have a problem with trial and error in this day and age, yeah. right? Too many, and if it, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you know what? They give it a shot. And they have a couple days where maybe there's a few extra games that are a little more meaningful and you kind of tack on a, a little bit of a prize for it. I'm I'm fine with it. And like always, the NBA is that soap opera, that great drama in the offseason. We've got, uh, you know, on a smaller scale, guys like Van Vliet and uh, Brooks and Nadoka kind of coming over to Houston with the young kids. You got Porzingis and Drew Holiday headed to Boston to see if they can put them over the top. You've got Beal heading to Phoenix with the Suns, with Durant and with Booker and a really, really potent group of scorers. Dame to Milwaukee. What will this do for Giannis now being able to take the ball out of his hands a little bit? If these two guys can figure it out, they can be really scary. And then stop me if you've heard this one before. James Harden's holding a team hostage. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like deja vu oh. here, Dave, when we talk about that that storyline. Just some stories don't ever end. And it just <laughs> the drama just follows around and just like, <laughs> uh, it picks up pick, picks up the contract, signs up for another year, and then finds out that teams aren't exactly anxious to get a hold of him. Right. It, I mean, isn't it crazy that you've quit on three different teams and torpedoed them? And isn't it amazing that teams wouldn't want to sign up for you and what comes with it? Wow. You know, you did it to Houston, you did it to Brooklyn, and now you're doing it to Philly after you fought your way out of Brooklyn to get to Philly. Um, And uh, it seems like, I mean, I would bet that before too long, he ends up with the Clippers. That seems like the rumor. I think with Ballmer, he's willing to spend, you know, for the Clippers, it has not worked out as well as they would have hoped when they paired Paul George and Kawhi together They've got the new arena coming in the next Year or so I'm sure they'd love to throw Harden on there if possible But god could you imagine That room there would just be So much weird energy with Kawhi Paul George Russell Westbrook and Harden And then you throw like a guy like Morris in there too Marcus Morris It's junior who's just got like really Weird energy that that would be a lot Going on in that room that's yeah, that's that's a lot to handle. That would be the <laughs> third rendition of the Westbrook Harden combo, right? Yes, Oklahoma oh. City, Houston, and then there. You're right, and that would be in uh, three. Wow, Hollywood You're... made for, for a trilogy. trilogy. I'm, and there I'm... we got another one. Wow, so 
So some of the overarching storylines as we head into this NBA season Let's start right on the top We're going to go alphabetically with the Atlanta Hawks And go all the way down They were projected right around that 41 and a half win mark Uh, Quinn Snyder jumps aboard and he'll be the head coach He was coaching this team towards the end of last year But this will be the first time he gets to have his own camp He gets to implement his own system For them, no more John Collins That means more time for Big O Oconwo, who I like quite a bit He went to USC, he's good And I think he'll give them a a little bit Kind of a different look than with Collins Oconwo is a much better kind of rebounder Defender, not quite as good Offensively, but he'll sort of Give them the opportunity to Have, I think, a more traditional sort of Team, they need more from Hunter that's that's a key. They just need there's a couple of these young guys they need to step up. Um, they have the Trey Young and DeJounte Murray backcourt. They just haven't progressed at all, Dave, since that Eastern Conference final run a few years ago. It, it like feels like it happened years and years ago. Um, they have some okay pieces on their bench, like Bogdanovich. They added West Matthews and Patty Mills. Talk to us about the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, it feels like the the yearly drama of where's when's John Collins going to be traded? That is that story is finally put out of his misery with him yeah. being in Utah. It was, exactly. it was like I, I didn't think he was that bad a player, and he was just me neither. And his deal was all right. It was just every year he's like he solid was, the, during the summer and during the season. Oh, when's John Collins going to be traded? It, it finally right. happened. But that it story's seems super done. weird for him <laughs> to be a guy that was always like John Collins is like. He's upset in the locker or John Collins is making a stick. It's like, you never did the guy ever say anything? I never heard him talk or it never seemed like it, but he, yeah, he's out of there. And it's for them, it's just how good can you be with Trey as your number one? A guy like that who's maybe a little undersized can still be targeted on defense. And, you know, he will have awesome playoff games and he will have solid runs, but. It just doesn't feel like they've improved While the rest of the league Gets better and you see guys take the next step Each and every year They've just kind of been in that same boat Where they're right around 500 And they just feel like they're kind of going to be battling For a play-in spot I, I do like Quinn Snyder though He does he does do a really good job I think he's a very good regular season coach In in particular He's kind of struggled a little bit with Utah And who knows, maybe that would have that was like some personnel stuff But it does seem like he gets guys focused He kind of gets them up every night And I think it'll be a good match Having an adult in the room I just, I think their roster has a ceiling You know, I think they're playing Maybe just above the playing But I'd probably be pretty surprised if they were a top four East team Yeah, it seems like they have their work cut out to do that I think we were pretty optimistic last year with them And then that mm-hmm. kind of went sour pretty early on Yeah But yeah, it feels like it's it almost feels like the trade Murray dynamic, like it's probably a make or break season for them. Really like all of like, like last year's big off season acquisitions that were trades. Like, right. You got uh, Murray going there. You've got Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland. You got Gobert coming to Minnesota. Like it's like, I would say any of them really went like great last year. So it's, it's time for them to kind of like prove themselves. I think one big thing for Atlanta is going to be like, Jalen Johnson is in his third year, and right now I think they've got Sadiq Bay is going to be the starter at power forward. Seems like Jalen Johnson, or maybe your guy Okano, like one of one or two of them have to step up and make it into that starting lineup to like push them a little bit over the edge. Because um, I agree with they you, just need something else, something a little intangible there that improvement. Uh, that Hunter takes the next step Something because on paper they just feel like they're A cut below those top tier teams And maybe it'll just be the combination of Quinn Snyder getting the best out of 
a guy like Trey Young, but I don't see them taking a big enough step forward. Like I just don't I haven't seen enough differences from their team last year. It's a pretty similar roster that they threw out last year, just sub call-ins and maybe a little bit more, you know, a, a couple other pieces here and there, but Atlanta, they'll be right around that 500 range and Quinn Snyder hoping to get them uh, back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I we will go- say one thing I have there. We got one Betty nugget out of that if Please. if anybody does that. So off the DRF Sportsbook, uh, Bogey Bogdanovich is 30 to 1 for sixth man of the year. See, I like and something like that. And it's it's one of those, like, I think he's going to get minutes. He's going to get enough minutes. He's a scorer. I don't know if he, maybe not high enough profile, but I think he's going to have a chance. And at 30 to 1 on a team like that, like, he's 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 going to get enough starts that are going to, like, inflate his numbers a little bit. And That's you can just, see. There's a play for the fans out there. And with. With plays like that that are big prices, you can definitely sort of handicap, okay, how does this happen? Could there either be a trade where maybe things don't go well and then early in the year they have to figure out where they're going to get rid of either a Trey or a a Murray, right? And one of those two goes and it opens up more time for him. One of those guys gets hurt. You don't like having to have that built in. But when you're talking about something that's a big long shot like this and you can throw a 30-to-1 flyer, you can at least see avenues where if one of those guys gets hurt, this guy could play 30 plus minutes, 35 minutes a game. He's got a ceiling that some of the others don't, like where you can't see them playing more than that. Mm-hmm. I, I like this one. That's a good uh, that's a good little flyer there. Okay. So, yep, there, there's that one. We'll cross that one off the list. And anyone that's in the state of Iowa, as Dave mentioned, DRF Sportsbook, me and, uh, and Eric out there do a show, and we have a promo code. So if you sign up for a DRF Sportsbook account, use the promo code FAST350. It'll give you a $350 sign-up bonus. Checks in the mail, Dave, for that one. Appreciate the, uh, the plug and the help there as we get to the Boston Celtics, who have perennially been one of the top teams since we've had a discussion and they're just a will a, a good team led by a couple really solid basketball players you know when you have Tatum and Brown that's a nice starting point hasn't been able to get you over the hump though yet and it's it's so fascinating when you watch these two because like last year Tatum has a game where you're watching him and for like two or three games in a row he he was they just out of sight, out of mind. It almost looked like he was freezing in the 76ers series. He he just wasn't getting the ball at all. He wasn't asking for the ball. And then the next game, he scores 50 points. It was just like very hit or miss. Jalen mm-hmm. Brown's had some struggles in the playoffs the last couple of years with dribbling the ball. When they pressure him a little bit more, he sort of loses his handle. But we can knock you know them a little bit. They're still going to have a solid, tight roster. They upgraded a bit because Drew Holiday's better overall than Smart. But what they did, Dave, is they sort of traded out like like four rotation guys for two, kind of. You know, they got rid of um, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, and Brogdon, mm-hmm. and they bring in Drew Holiday and Porzingis. And so they brought in better players. The only concern is, though, now they are going to be counting on a couple older veteran guys, like their paint defense is Horford and Porzingis. And that's what I have is like my big, I, I like Boston and right. The addition of holiday is going to be great. The, my concern is the front court depth. And mm-hmm. it's like, you've got Tatum and Porzingis last year, I think 65 games he played. And he that was, was very the most good. He's, he, the most, the most he's played since his rookie year. 
So that's still like he still missed 17 games. And now and like Horford's in horse be racing, right? You're paying yeah. for him off of the big win when he was kind of a long shot, right? Like he was 15 to one last time and he, he won. And now you got to bet him at like five to two, you know, you're kind of, it, it sort of feels that way. Cause it's like, I don't know. Is he going to play 60 plus games again when he never has? And we're kind of banking on him needing to do that now. Um, it's and it's like, one of those, like, right. If you're playing him, if something happens to him, then you're going to lean more on Horford. And it's like, then you don't want to do that. Increasing the chances of him getting hurt. Like, no. If, if this team shows up tomorrow, if tomorrow the playoffs started and their team was there intact, healthy with their top six, and I actually think Peyton Pritchard is like f- a fine off the bench guy who can score and, and, and give you some offense, they would be okay. I still don't know how deep they are beyond, like if they're quite deep enough, if they quite have enough looks to throw at you. I think when you look and you kind of compare it to some of the other top teams, they might be a little less like versatile because of that. Um, if you told me, though, they had Porzingis, he's playing well, Horford, and then you've got, you know, Tatum, Brown, you've got White there, who was really, really good last year when you gave him a little bit more room. And now you've got Drew. That's a solid six, but I don't trust much beyond that six. Yeah, it's it's not much. And like, yeah, there. I think that backup big guy is like O'Shea Brissett, third year Franker player. But how many people listening to this podcast or have any idea fans have right? ever heard that name? No, probably depend on him for minutes. Like, it's they've got they've got some risk. Granted, Brown and Tatum are twenty five and twenty six, so it's like. They seem like they've been out there a long time, but no, they're, they're still just kids. We'll say if, if you like Boston and Boston could be a great team and they're going to get plenty of TV time because they're Boston. Tatum's nine to one to MVP. I, I would so, much rather play that than like some of the Boston chalk stuff, right? Because yeah. you feel like I think what you're doing too is a great thing to, for all the gamblers out there listening. When we talk about these teams, it's, Hey, is there some way we could find value in betting on this team? And we can tell that you've done that. And that's that's perfect because instead of taking a team that maybe be like four to one or five to one to win a certain conference or a division or something, you can get them a little bit bigger and know that you have to lean on Tatum. And that's and that is probably their ceiling too, because I don't, you know, I don't think he's quite I think he could take another step, you know, in maybe just being a little more consistently night in, night out. But this guy is still like when he's got it going on those nights where he scores, you know, 40, he really has the complete offensive package. That's and he's got size, he's got some strength, he's finishing better now, he's getting guys involved more. He's a much better playmaker than he was just like 2 years ago. He got he used to have a lot of tunnel vision where he would just sort of go my turn then your turn. So he he keeps getting better and he's the one guy that might be able to kind of raise their ceiling if if he can take his game to the next level. Yep, Tatum, I think, yeah, he's got every single tool that you want. And, right, like, coming out of Duke, it seemed like defensively he was a a lost cause. And he's turned into a pretty good defensive player in the NBA, which that closes that door. And that when you can can go both ways like that, that's where you really ascend into that next group. Our next team to talk about is the Brooklyn Nuggets, or Brooklyn Nuggets, Brooklyn Nets. We've got the Brooklyn uh, <laughs> Nets, uh, Brooklyn Nuggets. Yeah, they would love to have won a championship like the Nuggets last year. But the Nets, they're this team that's built of these fun role players, right? They've got a lot of guys that you, you wouldn't mind having on your team coming off the bench or you know maybe your fourth or fifth player 
We saw that Mikel Bridges can actually take his game to the next level. Uh, they're projected right in the 37 and a half win total. I like Mikel Bridges. I like Cam Johnson. I like Cam Thomas. Um, ben Simmons looks fantastic with his shirt off. I know that. Yeah. I, I see him with it. and He has give, for years, Gino. Right? He always, I was going to say, man, he has. And I'll give him some credit because he's in shape. And preseason is different than regular season. But the guys at least look like he's in a good mental space. He's on the court. He's working hard. And maybe he can get back into being a productive NBA player. He's had talent. This was one of the more bizarre cases I can remember, right? This felt like one of those baseball players that like got the yips and couldn't make the throw from from second base. Was that a knoblock thing too, right? Yep, knoblock, Rick and Keel, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was some of that. So they they're hoping for the Simmons bounce back here. They have, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. and Lonnie Walker, a couple other guys. Like this could be a fun feisty team. I think a team that you don't want to um, you know, if you come in on a back-to-back and you played the night before, or if you come in and you don't take them seriously, they will beat you. I, I just don't think they have quite enough. Even last year, they sort of got lucky that this group of guys that made the playoff and had a playoff series, they only got into the playoffs because they got that established playoff spot with Durant and Kyrie and when they had a good run earlier in the year. So um, while I like a lot of their pieces here, I think that they're more of a possible play-in team as a ceiling, just sort of you know where their projected win totals. They are projected kind of towards the the bottom half, like the bottom of the middle part of the uh, the group. So I don't have a lot of negative to say on them. I just don't know. I mean, we're your best player, kind of slot everyone on this team, right? Mikel Bridges is your best player. Compare him to everybody else's best players and then start yep. doing that with their second best player and their third best player. Right. And that's where you sort of you see them and you try to level them up and they just don't they just don't seem to have the firepower. It feels like you, you've got bridges as your lock and then you can reach into a bag and grab out any four of their players and you probably get like the same result of who you're pairing with them <laughs> as true. what it is. Like, you're right. It is. It's just it's the it's grab just bag like this glut of people. Between it is six, four and six, nine. And just ah, let's go with these ones tonight. And remember and when you're when you're it's a the kid, Royce O'Neal Cam Johnson combo that's on tonight, or the Lonnie Walker Cam Thomas. Like, but yeah, it, it is the, the redemption of Ben Simmons is how this is going to be, and I, it's going to be one of those things. I think we're going to know pretty early. Is it for real, or or do we have to take a step back and just kind of write him off of sorts? But it'll be interesting to see how he goes with that. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Right. We, you want the good players to succeed, mm-hmm. and we want him. Uh, I think Bridges is. We got a taste of it last year. After he's good, man. He's Phoenix. He's he, better. He's not a three and D guy. No, like what he got typecast as in Phoenix. He's not a three and D. He has the whole. He's got the bag of tricks with him, and maybe this is going to be one of your guys that just like now when the chance kind of. It's it's probably a poor comparison, but like when. Harden went That's from exactly what I was Oklahoma thinking. City Oklahoma Houston, City, the same like, thing, right? Hey, here's the keys. Go nuts. And maybe it works. Like we saw with Team USA, he was right there with Edwards as like it seemed like the those guy. two were like the guys. Yep. And, and you know, so people five forget about the most improved player on him. I, I think he's gonna get the big jump in numbers just because he's gonna have to. That was a really good comparison, too, because I think people forget with Harden when he was on that Oklahoma City team, you know, he was the sixth man. He came off the bench and he actually 
played pretty good defense on that team because he his role sometimes was that. I remember games when he would play the Lakers, he would play fantastic defense against Kobe. Fantastic. Like Harden would be locked in on him. He would be giving the best effort in the world. You could tell because he would he he was trying really hard to stop Kobe. And you just saw that effort kind of stop because he didn't need to play defense as much anymore. And and, and to be fair, when he went to Houston, they didn't really want him doing that. They wanted all yeah. of his focus to be on the offensive side. And he had a couple of amazing years doing it. But that's exactly what I thought about when I saw uh Bridges last year take that next step. I didn't realize he could be as good of a ball handler, as good of a, like a score first guy, you're right. He felt like this just real supercharged three and D guy, but no, he showed us all that he is a really talented offensive player and just a really good basketball player overall. And for them, him and Ben, like if Ben can get back to being really good, all of a sudden he becomes this excellent connective player. And then he helps those guys like Lonnie Walker and Cam Johnson and Cam Thomas. And if you can just get, one or two of them to pop each night and you have Ben consistently getting you some rebounds, playing some good defense, a good pass or two here and there. That'd just be a nice steady presence for this team. Brooklyn, they will uh, they will sort of go as Simmons goes. Up next, we hit Charlotte. The Charlotte Hornets have a 31 and a half projective win total right here, Dave. I couldn't help thinking about this and then you know, just right off the top. This locker room is going to have Brandon Miller, who they took number two last year, who's a fantastic basketball player, but was involved in a really strange situation in college where um, he got charges dropped. But Alabama was really strange with how they handled it. He didn't miss like any time at all. They didn't even put like a self-imposed ban in. He had a gun in his car that was driven to the scene of a crime. It was just I'm, I'm off a little on some of the specifics and it's been just a very weird situation for a college kid and not not a great thing to have happened. Then you also have in this same locker room they're going to have um, Miles Bridges being brought back after missing a full year because of a domestic disturbance issue. I just like in researching this team, it kind of left a, like a weird taste in my mouth. Like, oh man, you got two young guys who have already had a lot of real negative publicity. And I, I wonder with this locker room, like what it will be like, do they have a leader in there? Is someone like Gordon Hayward, at least can he kind of be like a veteran voice? Are there a couple guys like that to steady this locker room? And I you keep watching LaMelo and he's incredible, really talented, but I, I wonder when I see him, is it like a kind of a good stats on a bad team guy? Now for him, he's got to progress to where this team's got to win some games a little bit more and actually be kind of relevant. He's sort of, LaMelo kind of gets away with a lot of stuff that's like young stars don't for some reason. I don't know why. he He's kind of like off in his own space where it's like, oh yeah, LaMelo's over there. He's doing his thing, but nobody really expects him to win or take these teams to be more competitive. Um, I, yeah, I had, th- this is one of the harder teams for me to get a feel for because I just don't know what to expect. Cause again, all, all that I was saying about the negative energy, but Bridges was a 20 points a game scorer the last time we saw him in the NBA. Like he is a talented basketball player for a lot of the issues that he has off the court. Maybe the adults in the room to bring these all together is the CEO of the big baller brand. 
Lamar. Oh, there we go, Lamar. The, the, Lamar, let's get him in there. <laughs> and he and he's the one who brings them all together and oh, shows them away. And he, he just stays. He's surprisingly stayed very quiet and off to the side. I know, right? Maybe he's the one who like, all right, let's do this. I'm I'm going to take control as like the over parent on the sidelines. He's got him, but no, like you said, like this team's got, yeah, the locker rooms and their flights are going to be interesting with everything like that. With like, right, Bridges is suspended the first 10 games, I believe is what he Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Is what it was. But yeah, when, when, when he was in the lineup, that was a couple years ago, he put up big numbers in that contract year and then he took himself out of that. So it'll be interesting to see along with like, what kind of reactions is he going to trigger around the league visiting places? If I know with, like that, that's going to be a thing, right? Like it's just Absolutely. extra noise that as a, as a young team going to be ready to like handle, like it started like the summer, right? It's supposed to be a good time having, having the number two pick and they pick Brandon Miller and they've got like the crowd at the arena ready for it. And I think everybody in the arena thought it was going to be Scoot Henderson. They did. wanted him. Yeah. And they kind of like booed. And it was like, you're picking I think he two, caught like, their cup check off guard too, right? Did you hear some of the yeah. comments after? He was like, he kind of didn't know what to say. Um, so it it did seem like there, there's like a weird energy there right now. You know, it's like some some teams you can feel some positivity or you can feel things like how there could be going in a good direction. I just, I got to see it with this team first. Yeah, it's, it hey. seems like it's one, like he's not going to be starting it. I believe is he's, he's going to be coming off the bench. Yep. Seems like at some point and probably sooner rather than later, Hayward's going to end up getting moved. Right. And then yeah, you got slides into that spot. It mm-hmm. is just probably how that's got to go. But, and if Hayward has anything left in the tank, maybe he can help a team, you know, and they move that yeah. 31 million there and they can get something back for him. It just, this team just doesn't feel like they're trying to win or ready to win now. And he kind of feels out of place on the team almost. You know, yeah, just something. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they can acquire something. Or there's teams always. Hell, Oklahoma City is always looking to pick up a player along with a couple of draft picks. <laughs> they absorb them in there, but no, it's it seems like the same. Right, yeah, Lamelo, like right, like after the rookie year, and Lamelo was the rookie of the year over Ant. Doesn't that that seem like years ago, though? I mean, look at the the progression between the two of them now to where we saw Ant in the FIBA World Cup. We saw him in the playoffs last year, and everybody feels like he's, you know, right there on that, that, you know, next level, like just about to take that next step. And it just doesn't feel like LaMelo's gotten there. And what it comes down to, honestly, it's winning, right? Ant has impacted his team winning games and has put them in places where there are more eyeballs on him while Lamelo and the Hornets are just sitting back done, not playing. Which is kind of reversed from the rookie year where Lamelo went into a team that was a little bit more ready mm-hmm. and Lamelo and those, they got to like the play in. They overachieved they that year. They were yeah. like a thir- mid 30 win team and they were able to get there and Ant missed out on that. And Lamelo gets the rookie of the year because uh, he helped impact winning a little bit more. And it was like, well, that maybe for that one season, but it's it sure seems like there was maybe other factors involved in that. So yeah, I don't know. Charlotte, it's one of those things. You could see him where if everything breaks right, but there's just there's so much noise there and so much potential issues that I would I would avoid a lot of Charlotte stuff. Me too. But the granted, they're gonna be very cool on like probably League Pass every once in a while. You're gonna see 
with the see group, all the bridges dunks dunk fest going on again and brandon miller will have some probably some plays and some really high, like, high ceiling nights where things are going well for them but just low floor nights can they be consistent yeah. in, the, in the long grind of an nba season and and be, be a mature basketball team for a team that's already shown to not really be mature with a few different players on their team so far um okay dave where are we going to head next let's go to the bulls Let's talk about the Chicago Bulls. Their win total is around 37 and a half. We just talked about LaMelo. Gosh, you feel bad for Lonzo, man. He he was he was really kind of figuring out who he was in this league towards the end of his time with the Lakers. And then he had some really good spurts with New Orleans, with the Pelicans. And then at the start of his time with the Bulls, they were really good because Lonzo is a very well-rounded basketball player. He's just very different than his brother, LaMelo, too. He's an excellent defensive player, fantastic passer, very unselfish player. But, man, he's injured again. I think they're getting, a, uh, like, an injury, um, like, one of those exceptions. Disabled player. Yeah, so they can, you know, they can probably have another spot on their roster. And you just feel bad for him. He's never played more than 63 games in a season. He played 35 games in 21-22 and just nothing since. For uh, for Alonzo and that's you know having him and not being able to get anything out of him, you're always going to be severely like handcuffed when one of the better players that you have that's a really high upside player, a guy that sort of remember when when he was playing at the beginning of the year and he was there and they had DeRozan and they had the other offensive guys, he is that connecting piece like you had him and Caruso. To give you defense and like hustle and just to play really hard all the time. And then you've got Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic who can fill their roles. Everybody was just kind of in a better role. But you take him out and it just feels like they're missing another piece or two. Patrick Williams has not taken that step forward. You look at some of the guys that he was drafted around. And they're guys that have improved a lot and are really being bigger pieces that contribute. I don't really know what to expect from him. There's always the Levine trade rumors that were going around. He signed a deal. It's probably DeMar this time, Dave. He has an expiring contract. He could be someone like we were talking about with Hayward. You could see DeMar maybe being moved to a team that needs a little bit of help come trade deadline time. And he could be a guy that hits some big shots in the playoffs for uh, for a good basketball team. Yeah, this was the team I, I, was, I was struggling with what to do. And then, then remembering back, like last year in the play-in game, they led Miami 90 to 87 with about three minutes and 10 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And they had the ball. And if they beat Miami there, Miami, that, that whole thing who, never happens. Who knows what happens, right? The domino <laughs> the effect. Jimmy Butler taking them to the finals just never happens. And Miami doesn't even make the playoffs. So that's how close they were. And that's how close Chicago actually was. But yeah, the no Alonzo is, it's a killer for, for a guy who's like the conductor of that offense is what he's supposed to be and defensively. He, he he was underrated defensively. So missing out on him. Instead, they're going with Kobe White at point guard with Dostomo and Javon Carter. Like, Carter, like, combined, they make one hell of a point guard, but they've all kind of got little flaws here and there. And Kobe mm-hmm. White's going to end up being the starter. But it's, it's one of those things. I, we'll see how it is. Like, yeah, DeRozan, like you said, he's a, I think he's a prime candidate for, for a trade. And I don't, I'm, I'm not crazy about this team. Caruso needs to stay healthy. 
Because uh, when, when he's, he's not out there, he can be a defensive pest. He's and great. last year, at the end of the year, what sort of helped them was it was Pat Bev that came in, remember? Yep. And he was playing with Caruso, and all of a sudden, for the last like month, six weeks of the year, their defense was pretty good because of those two guys kind of setting the tone a little bit. And then you threw Williams in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and A.O. DeSunmo is not bad. Like, defensively, he can, you know, he can press a little bit. Um, yeah, well, I just, Patrick Williams, if they're, like, He's going to get shots, and he's a starter. He's a hundred to one on most improved. Which he's the type of guy. It's that probably ha- not going to happen, but he's going to be a starter, and he's going to get shots. And he's playing for, I think, an extension, right? Like yep. for his next contract, because it's at, at this point. So those are some of the things you want to lean into, because you're right. He's going to get. Um, it's like how we 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 when we draft a fantasy team, right? Who's going to be able to get the volume and the opportunity sometimes versus who's even a little bit better? And he should have every chance again. To get those shots and if he he even right now like if you were drafting that again you would look at a guy like him and he checks so many of the boxes Dave Mm -hmm. of the type of player you would want in this like modern era of the NBA he's like a six seven power forward who can defend multiple positions who you hope can be a three like a solid enough of average three-point shooter because he's got physical tools up and down it's just it's one of those things with the, with the younger kids of like they they're all good enough to pop and to have the big games, but who can string the games together mm-hmm. and not have the twenty five and ten where you're going eight of eleven shooting? Hey, great, you did that on Tuesday night versus Cleveland, but then for the next three games, you were like combined four of twelve shooting total, and that's and you just that's didn't him. look for your shot, and that's like that's where you see the. When the good players step up, that's what it is, is consistently consistency and bringing it every night. And by year number four for him now, it's time for that time for that step to come. The Bulls are right in that 37 and a half ish range. I could see them again, like, could they maybe sneak into the sixth spot or so? Maybe I just I couldn't see them getting much higher than that. Things would have to really break well for them. And if Lonzo was around, I like this team. Like all of a sudden we talk about guys having better, like better, being better slotted in their roles. Um, but for now, they're going to need to get some of that, that kind of intangible uh, improvement. Maybe it is a Williams, maybe is a, a, a white or one of these guys we mentioned for the Bulls. After the Bulls, we go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Their projected win total is around 50 and a half. They had a bad playoff exit last year after a really good regular season where they brought in. Um, Mitchell and they made the trade For Donovan Mitchell and then It just seemed like they couldn't really Get their like rotation Figured out in the playoffs Dave I don't know it didn't work as Well with the two bigs for them With Allen and with Mobley Mobley was a little tentative offensively And so that really would hurt when they had the Two bigs out there because you didn't have Guys that were stretching the floor And they weren't really even dominating you with size Wasn't it Mitchell Robinson Kind of outplayed both of the bigs For Mm -hmm. Cleveland from the Knicks Last year Um, So I feel like this team They were a really good regular season team Last year a lot of their metrics were very Good Um, they beat up teams too That that were some of the worst Like the more inferior teams in the league I do like just overall I like their roster better than This year because of two players and they're not like incredible star players, but Max Struess is going to be a really good fit for this team. 
Just yes. a, they didn't have any guy like that last year. They couldn't Brent, figure Okoro out. Okoro was so up and down. Uh, I and know. His, his lack of like the, like for the three and D guys, his lack of the three really, it, it was a negative. So yes, Struth stepping into that spot with his Miami pedigree. Perfect. Love the guy like that. He's just battle tested. Even a guy like Niang, he will be a good, like bench your eighth guy. You know, to throw out there because he can hit some threes, he can stretch the floor a little bit. And so that's I think that's what they were lacking last year. So I look at their roster. I need to, I'm going to need to see it come playoff time, but I think they will be a really good regular season team again because they do now have a little bit of versatility. When they have a guy like Niang, they can throw him out there with Mobley or him out there with an Allen, and it gives you a different look. Uh I do like Mitchell and Garland quite a bit. I just I keep wondering at some point do they do they trade Jared Allen right is that a piece that goes somewhere to a team that's looking for a big because that's like a twenty million dollar piece that maybe they can get two rotation players somewhere else that just fit a little bit better and then you have Mobley playing the five and you just try to build a team that maybe fits on the court in the playoffs a, a little better but I think they're going to be a pretty solid regular season team at least it's just for me. Can I see them beating Boston or Milwaukee in a series? I got not yet. I, I need to see some sort of improvement or that something's going to be different than it was last year. Yep. Seems like they're right in that next level. It I think right, Evan Mobley came out that rookie year and everybody fell in love with him, right? He can mm-hmm. do everything. He looks like a combination of Kevin Garnett, Chris Bosch. And there was the big excitement for what's he going to do in year number two and year number two was like he was good it was but fine it was kind of like a slight upgrade mm-hmm. like he he only averaged a point more and like 0. 0.7 rebounds more per game so like he he jumped but he didn't jump a whole lot and it was i think like he's 25 to one to become most improved player like all right he now with the two guards like can can mobley turn into a 21 point game guy just by maybe catching a few more lobs and using his body positioning along with any sort of other offensive upgrade that he's made like can he be a 21 and 10 guy with a couple blocks he he sure can i think he's got the tool so like what, what worries I, me I think about he needs to take another step in order if they're gonna be jump into that next group i think mobley has got to make that jump in there and become a premier front court player what worries me about him in having watched him forever from when he was at USC, he has all of the tools. He, you know, he needs to improve his perimeter shot a little bit. And that's, that's fine. Like that's okay. If he's a th- low 30% three point shooter or something like that. It's, I think he was a younger brother. This sounds very weird. And his older brother, Isaiah on every team that he played almost his entire life, Isaiah was like, the scorer guy. He was the guy that was the like take the shot at the last minute. He was a really good offensive player. Evan is the all around better player, but there would be games where you could see like Evan doesn't even think about his shot. It reminds me a little bit of what people say about Anthony Davis, but then I I watch the two of them and I'm like, this is a guy that's tentative. Anthony Davis is not tentative. If you want to compare guys mm-hmm. that are tentative, like Mobley is more of a guy who's like Oh no, like it's almost like he's such a polite, nice guy. He doesn't want to like stick his nose in in there. I worry about his toughness a little bit. If in 
I do wonder, like, being the younger brother, it almost seemed like his older brother was always the guy in those moments where they needed to lean on. He would take the last shot for USC um, in, in those types of moments. And I I think he has the tools. I would think it, there's the, it's going to be either the right coach or the right player that he gets paired with that might be able to take him to the next level. Like, if you put him with a guy like a Chris Paul or something, you know, someone who's very like right now we're seeing what Chris Paul might be doing with Kuminga in Golden State. He's sort of taking him under his wing. He's cheering when Kuminga is like sealing people off and doing small things during the game. I feel like if there was one of those types of players who's like a very driven person, if Mobley ever ended up, I know right now, like on a team with a LeBron type or one of those types, I think it could take him to that next level. I worry about just his the dog in him, you know, that that's my, my biggest concern yeah. with him because he's got it all, man. He's like, he, he should be in, in this year with what happened to him last year, he, that should, he, it, it should bother him in his stomach a little bit, right? The way he, the way he left, like the way he exited and he got like outplayed by another big man like that. He should feel like I got to be a lot better this year. I got to have improved. I want to see that from him at least in the first month or two of the season. Yep, stake stake your claim right away and let people know that you came you came to mean business. Hey, hey, but he does have Isaiah Mobley on that team with him, so he's he's got his brother around there with him to help him out. So the Cavs like some of their ads. We'll see what they do and how they can kind of fit all the puzzle pieces in. But I their roster is just a, a little bit better than they were last year. I think just by those two ads of of Niang and uh, and Struess, who's Who's been there? He's hit some big shots and some big moments yeah. in the playoffs. I don't know what the, the hell to think of this next team, Dave, the Dallas <laughs> Mavericks. I really don't. Um, when is the last regular season that Kyrie Irving has had? Oh, I Honestly, when is the last season he's had that nothing went weird? Were the podcasts boss- a thing back then? No, I was going to say, they weren't. They were not. The first two to three years of his career, other than that, it's been wherever he's gone, what's happened. He's, is he going to play? Is he not? Will he sit out? Nobody, I, I mean, I don't know one person that's ever debated Kyrie Irving's talent on the basketball court. He's fantastic. He's an incredible offensive player. He has some of the better handles that you'll ever see, honestly. he is When he is rolling, he's got the ball on his hand. It's like it's on a string. It is unbelievable. But you just never can trust a Him And when he's a big part of your team And he's going to be a big part of any team he goes to Because he's that talented And you have to pay him that much I just never want to have to depend on him And now you've got him on this team With Luka And the rest of their roster I I like a few of their pieces But Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, Josh Green Grant Williams, I actually like Grant Williams Like I think he'll be good for them, sort of tough Hard-nosed, he's going to annoy the hell Out of a lot of other people He's probably going to annoy the hell out of Luca though, too And Kyrie, right? Like, those guys yes. are going to be like Oh no, Grant Williams is doing his stuff again um, I like Seth Curry I like Rashawn Holmes He shot 34% from three last year But, that. so here's their size I When I think of the teams in the West I think of you, let's think of yours and my team. You've got mm-hmm. Gobert, you've got Cat, two big men. I, I've got Anthony Davis, and the team that just won the championship has Jokic. If you're sort of building your team and mapping your team out 
and you're looking at some of the best teams in your conference, I just mentioned three that'll probably be playoff teams. Who's guarding any of the big men on those teams for this team? Dwight Powell? Dwight Powell, you're going to have to, yeah. Rashawn Holmes? Maxi Kleber? Like, they're guarding. They just don't have any paint protection at all. And and if your top two players are Luka and Kyrie, who are not players that are anything close to defense first, don't you think if you're building your roster, you would need the guys opposite of them to fill their holes? Just like what we've been talking. Like, I just don't think this team is built well. Could Luka be amazing? Sure. Anytime he's on the court, he can score 50, and he can win against any team he's playing single-handedly. But if if this team is like a playoff team or close to it, he's going to have had a monster year. Yes. If, if the the Luka MVP, if, if they're good, Luka has got to be in the running for MVP. I, no I do think, like, in other years, I thought their depth was a little bit questionable, but it does feel like they have improved their depth. Completely so they agree. They do have more pieces. I just... Yes. I don't know how they fit all together. I, right? I, yeah, I don't know how it's going to be. It's what is it? Year number twenty of Dwight Powell and Kleber starting off as like their bench bigs, and then well, like the ten, be like cha- they'll be starters by Thanksgiving. The, the so, ten like, guys I mentioned from Luca, Kyrie, Hardaway Jr., Powell, Green, Grant Williams, Rashawn Holmes, Derek Jun- Jones Jr., Curry, Kleber. Like those are all rotation guys. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those ten guys are playable. It's just after your top two. You don't, you have a bunch of sort of like offensive first guys. Grant Williams is really the only guy who's like kind of hard nosed and will battle there for you. You probably needed like two more guys sort of built like him because if you've got Kyrie and Luka, you don't need, you know, you could, someone for this team who would be perfect is a guy that you and I like and know really well, like a Jared Vanderbilt. Yes. Right? Like he would be a perfect starter for this team because he wouldn't ever need any shots. But he'd do all the dirty work for you, play some defense, hustle, get some rebounds. They and that's kind of like a Grant Williams type player. But I, I love, I really do like Luca. I mean, he's amazing, and I think his ceiling is is incredible. But I, I just have such a hard time trusting these teams with Kyrie too. You know, when really we look do. at as competitive as the West is going to be, and you're trying to figure out, like, all right, what what can you nitpick on teams? And Dallas is going into the year with, we're going to work our way through this exercise, but how many rookies are going to be starting? And they've got Derek Lively, who is like a 19 year old who was picked 12th. And at that point seemed like a little bit of a reach. And they've got him, I believe, plugged into the starting lineup. Because they don't have any other size, right? They don't have any other size. So like teams, teams in contention starting a rookie is a very, it's a, it's a tough task, and it's not like the rookie played their way into the rotation midway through the year. Hey, like kid, go defend off Jokic. day one with you know? a rookie. <laughs> like, it's that's it's going to be tough. Like, defensively, right, there's just – he might end up being great, but he's going to probably find himself in fall troubles because he's not going to get the calls versus he's veteran gonna, players. Like, the, the poor guy's going to be – It's going to be a pain. And he's going to have to pick up the slack from the other guys def- defensively, mm-hmm. right? It's like – Oh, Kyrie missed his assignment. Oh, Luca didn't really put out any effort for the guy going right around him. Here you go, lively, two-on-one, rookie. Like, you got yeah. Jokic and Murray coming at you right now, or, you know, two, like, incredible wings coming right at you. Um, So, 
we'll, we'll see with Luca, man. He he could be, and because of that, man, this team like they could be a really, and which they were last year when Kyrie came in, DFS team to play some nights because they could just score a ton of points up and down <laughs> and play like no defense and just get a ton of possessions and just have like 130, 140 type games. And what we haven't even mentioned is they were five and eleven when Luca and Kyrie both played last year. Yeah, right. And they like, and they looked good offensively. Like there were some mm-hmm. of those games that were like, "Wow, look at these two go!" And then you'd look up at the end of the game, and it was like, "Oh, they lost again." Or they down the stretch they weren't good. Or yeah, and, uh, man, this is a this is one of those kind of polarizing teams too. The Dallas Mavericks. Let's but I will on. say, Gino, because you're huge in Australia. Yeah, we are. Of Dante Exum. Oh, Exum! I was, you know what? I I did like me some Exum, and I uh, he he's a, a player who you felt bad for because he was a guy who had so much talent, and he kept getting hurt, and he was never able to show it here. But hey, it's I my my concern is more that a few of these guys will hit. I think they just might need, they're counting on guys to where it's like, you know, in baseball, when your team will always get a couple of those guys where you're like, oh, cool. We have like three starters that I feel like one of them's going to hit and then we'll be yeah. okay. Like I could see Exum hitting or I could see, you know, Green taking the next step forward or a couple of these guys, you know, finding really nice roles. It just, again, we're comparing them to, the Nuggets, who are have a really solid top six or so. The Lakers are really deep this year. We're going to go through your team. The Timberwolves, they're very deep. The Clippers are getting older, but they're a deep team. You know, the, the Suns are top-heavy, as are the Warriors. I just can't look at what they have on Luka, Kyrie, and Hardaway, you know, right there. And we're comparing it to the other the other tops. It just, that doesn't seem quite enough to me. And overall, the depth, I, I think they're, Probably right around where they were last year, like right around the playoff spot. Yep, and with danger of falling out of it. So we uh, get next to the Denver Nuggets, your defending champs from last year. Fifty-two and a half wins. That is tied for the highest number in the West. It's them and the Suns that are right about fifty-two and a half as your top two teams. They didn't really get challenged through their playoff run last year. To be honest, the team that gave them the toughest uh, punch in the face was your Timberwolves. They really Let's did. Let's go, baby. They Woo. did. They uh they gave him a good shot last year. The Nuggets lose Bruce Brown and they lose Jeff Green. But I got to say, they have a couple of rookies that have looked really solid in the preseason. And if you have Jokic and Murray there as your central pieces and also a guy like a Michael Porter Jr., you're not going to need these rookies to do a whole ton more than be your seventh, eighth, ninth guys on the bench and just give you spots here and there. Versus like what we're saying with a team like Dallas, who's going to need likely to be in there, lively to be in there and to be like heavily contributing. And if he's not, they're going to be in trouble for Denver. It's sort of like, oh, if these guys hit, it's kind of icing on the cake for them. And it can help give them a transition of like, we've got these young guys coming up and we can sort of hand the baton off. I think this is going to be the uh, get Jamal Murray into the all-star game year for them because he had such a fantastic playoff run. He's been so good even way back through the bubble playoffs in in big moments. And now he was finally healthy. And in the series with the Lakers, he and Jokic were the two best players on the court in a series that included Anthony Davis and LeBron. And in a series where Anthony Davis was actually good. Like he was good. 
It wasn't like he was bad. Murray was just better. He didn't miss anything. He Murray was just like, torched teams at the entire playoff run. Like it was against his Minnesota. He, he caused was, he was hell to play against. He he dominated. It was incredible. I didn't think he had that level. I didn't think he could get himself to where he was. And it was incredible. And now, you know, you look at this team. For me, it's it's really hard to to knock a lot of them, Dave, because they were good last year. They didn't really get pushed all that much in their playoff run. And now they have a lot of that same team coming back. Uh, we could we could say the flip side, right? Like the Lakers had, they got swept, but in all four of those games, they probably could have won all four of them if the ball bounced slightly. They were in those games. And, you know, they didn't necessarily have to play the toughest team from the East because at that point, Miami was a little bit beat up. Having gone through what they'd gone through, didn't really expect them, you know, so... Maybe they didn't play some of the most difficult teams along the way, but they beat the crap out of everybody that was in front of them last year. And, it, you know, it it's so funny how, like, it seems like how much Jokic does not care about basketball. He's like, where's my harness horses at? Yeah, you know, like, today. he's like, hey, where's the sulk? He's watching stuff on his phone always. My My girlfriend was like, Jokic likes the horses. I was like, he doesn't like them. He loves them more than basketball. He's always like, I got to stay here in the U.S. I want to go home. Um, but it, he just, he's a different type of dude, man. He really is. Like, I can't recall seeing performances like we saw from him and Murray from on the same team in a playoff run. And you had two of those guys do it. I guess that would be my only like knock on them is that how much better could those two guys play in a playoff run than they did last year? Yeah, they they maxed out along with what Porter gave them and like, Gordon. Gordon did. Gordon but. was amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah. It seemed like they KCP too. Like they just hit every open shot. They were all, like every time it was a big like swing, six point swing. They would crush it. So I just man, I, I don't have a lot of knocks on them. I think, and they they sort of their coach Michael Malone gets pissed off about it too because when other teams have new pieces like. Everybody's talking more about the Suns than the Nuggets, you know, because they've got Durant, they've got Beal. They're they're people. Some people think the Suns won't be good. Others think the Suns you can just pencil them right in. It's fun to talk about the Lakers because you've got LeBron there and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves had a really good off season where he was in FIBA. So now he's become this kind of cult hero. And and they used to have the Nuggets there who are like, hey, remember us? We won last year, and nobody really gives the crap, but. They're, they're going to be good. You're going to have to beat them again, I think. I will say, I have to apologize to all the, the Nuggets fans who listen to this podcast, because I think the last two years, I went into this saying, like, eh, I think this is the year Denver falls apart. It's, it's not going to work. You know what? They won last year, and I lost. And uh, Number two, I don't remember an NBA coach who had more fun winning the title than Mike Malone. Oh, whereas, yeah. Like, surly as he was during all that, for them to win and for him just to let loose for the the bender that he was on on TV and during the parade, like Mike Malone loved it. So was it, it was that, it in how was great to see? I think it was in Half Baked where the guy uh, he quits and he starts cussing everybody out. That that <laughs> that's sort of like what I felt like Michael Malone was doing after they won. He was like, "F you, f you, <laughs> f you. You're cool. I like you. Screw you." You know, he was like pointing everybody out. And it was. You know what? When you win, you can do that. And yep, and they did. That. And they did. 
And uh, I will say they're right. You said their win total. It's 52 and a half on DRF Sportsbook. So they had 53 wins last year, despite how they right. They limped into the playoffs because they they were just threw away the last month. They had such a big lead that they didn't need like Jokic basically threw away his chance at the MVP and they just wanted him to be healthy. And even like down the stretch, they had a couple weeks where they didn't look very good. You know, like they weren't putting like max effort out there. They weren't a great road team last year either. And I think for all of us going into the season, we had seen them in the playoffs. We'd seen them not really even like every time they were eliminated, it was kind of like a whimper on their way out, you know, and we weren't sure if they could stay healthy with Porter Jr. and with Murray, the three of them. But when they were all healthy together, they were very, very good last year. And yeah, you wonder if like, if they Did needed they to play a formula last year, right? right? Rather than like the, rather than resting people throughout the season for a game or two here and there, maybe they figured it out of like, let's go 65 games and just beat the piss out of teams, give ourselves a little bit of a gap mm-hmm. and then let's rest up going into the playoffs and then turn it up right at the very end, because we know we have veterans like, Let's go ahead and do that. So and, hey, in we're, this, we're, we're, we're going to stay healthy during the year. But then, and honestly, in basketball, it seems why we can. I think you can do that in basketball more than in any other sport. I really do, because mm-hmm. I think in basketball it's different than like those miles really do add up on you, right? I think you do want a little time off to come in sharp. And you look at baseball, kind of on the flip side, it's not been good for like the Dodgers recently nope. and some of these teams because they get out of the flow. Of the game you know even the Dodgers this year Like their first series They lost to Arizona in the first series of the year And it was funny it was like an exact Same repeat of what happened in the playoffs They just got beat in a, in a few games and it's like Oh what happened oh it's okay we'll figure it out Um yeah It's uh in basketball it's just Different though you want less Bumps and bruises along the way and you Can kind of turn it on and off A little bit better especially when you're a good team That's exactly what Denver did last year They turned it on and uh, they got their big victory And Jokic I got I I had to I got the number one pick in my fantasy draft And yeah. so I just I went I went Jokic I didn't even try to get cute again He's just such a A stat monster He's a stat patter Do you know I know right he's Yeah just, Oh yeah He actually win a game Other than was just that, Go for triple doubles That was a perk uh, I think it, he was running With that one last year He padded his stats All the way To the NBA finals there We get Carry to, on Yeah Carry on Perk <laughs> We get to the Pistons. I think they're at 27 and a half. And it was such a bummer for them last year because you've got this guy that you think could be your franchise player. And his first 12 games of the year, he's averaging 19.9 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, six assists per game. And then he gets hurt. So that's like, oh my gosh, the guy that you're hoping can be your guy. And he's had a great start to his second year And those numbers are fantastic And then boom, he's hurt And you can't even get a read on him So now you you bring him in You bring him in You bring in Coach Monty Williams You know, he's getting paid a ton of money um, But I will say This just feels like a a great spot For Monty Williams with this group of guys I think he's going to get a lot out of them I think he will take this team To whatever their ceiling is And I think he will have them play well and consistent. They need Cade. They need Ivy to step up because those are going to be their leaders. Their offense was 28th in offensive rating last year. You're not going to do anything if if you're one of the bottom teams in scoring. 
Uh, they like some of their rookie. Uh, I know Asar Tom- Thompson is one. They like Jalen Duran, who flashed last year. They brought in Joe Harris and Monte Morris to give them a little veteran help. So I think I just feel like you feel some positive stuff about their locker room now with the coach, with some young pieces. And now hopefully it's just staying healthy because the worst thing that would happen would be like another injury like that to, or another injury to Cade to where it's like, oh, no, is this young guy like injury prone? Because he he's actually like last year in that small sample size, he seemed like he took a really nice step forward. And he was one. Cade was another one that right during the FIBA USA when Team USA was getting ready and they played like the select team, which is like the, the younger kids and like that next group. It seemed like Cade was the one that was like taking over games and taking over practices where he wasn't on the initial roster for Team USA, but it kind of felt like there's an injury. Maybe Cade's the one who gets called up onto this because he was making such an impression with Team USA. So it's if he can keep that up, like right with the the guards that they have with yeah Thompson, like Thompson's forty to one to win Rookie of the Year, which is very suspect. Like there's some big names in there, but he's also going to get minutes. But like how excited everybody was on Jaden Ivy last year. And then just, he was, he was a little bit sloppy, a little bit out of control, but all right. I, Ivy's back again. And he's still a, a top five pick. Remember, like there, there was like the, the debate last year, Jaden Ivy or Keegan Murray, when Sacramento took, I believe Murray over, mm-hmm. Ivy, over yeah. him. And, oh, what did they do? They, they missed out on this guy. who's electric. And then no, Mur- Murray's actually pretty good. He's yeah. Murray was he's like a, a he was more NBA ready right now too. Yeah. yeah, like he was like more ready to go right now, and he was actually a better fit for them for what they needed. Right, like yeah. they already have Fox, they already have a couple ball handlers. You get a guy off the ball who's a fantastic shooter. Um, but at just, some point, this franchise needs to win. They like yes, they've had you, four straight years where they've won twenty three games or less. Yeah. And you just like you, like you have to win at some point and you need your best players and the guys that you count on to be very good. The guys that they hitch themselves to for this five year stretch or so are Cunningham and Ivy. If those guys yeah. aren't good, they're not going to be good. You know, like it just it comes down to that. They need that Like for Minnesota, for example. Look, at it's not always this simple, but Minnesota. If you picked LaMelo versus Ant, you would probably be in a different situation right now, mm-hmm. right? Or if your team had LaMelo versus Ant, like, and you look at it that way to where now, can you take the next step? Can you help this team win? Kate Cunningham is a guy that he was very, like, in doing the uh, the preview and stuff, like, you just, you know, you don't hear him talked about almost ever, you know? He's like a forgotten about guy out there. He could really surprise someone, and he's another one that if he's good— well, maybe this team wins 35 games instead of 27, and maybe they're battling for a bottom of a play-in spot in the East. That yeah. that would would and and maybe the like Monty Williams gets some of these young guys to buy in a little bit. I think for a team like them, the first month of the season is important because if like what you're saying, they're so used to losing over there. Yes, that if it's like uh, they look up and they're three and ten, it's like ah, uh, can they just like. Stay as close to 500 for as long as possible to get the re- to get everyone on this team to to buy what what Monty Williams is selling them. You know, it's just crazy that like, you see Duran being the starting like center for this team with like Marvin Bagley and Wiseman as like the backups. Like I know like, when the league has went small, 
and you've got Duran Bagley, Wiseman, and Isaiah Stewart. They just they can throw a, they can like, throw an all big lineup at you, yeah. like Cade and four <laughs> big men. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting lineup. It's fun. Like right, like Monty Williams. Com- this situation compared to the the Phoenix situation, like all right, he no longer is a deal with like all right, which guys are going to be able to play tonight or. I, he can actually have a conversation with his center, which I don't think he was having last year at all with Aiton. Like it, it's probably going to be a refreshing situation along with the money probably helps, but would would like to see this Detroit team get good. I, like, Me too. They're a team Detroit that like Detroit basketball. Like uh, my buddy, Eric, who, uh, who does all the work with me the last couple of years? He's a Detroit fan. The Lions are doing well this year. Not bad. Not a good week this week, but they're they're doing no. well. And it's been it's been a tough while for the Lions, the Lions, Tigers, and uh, Pistons fans. You know, and even the That's, Red Wings. Red Wings yeah, were like a stability for them. They're the they, they, they were they so good for so long, and they have it. Like think about cities that have been just pretty bad for a while. They got to be up on the short list with some of these teams who haven't even been really competitive yeah. for a while. This this Pistons team hasn't been since the the Chauncey Billups Rip Hamilton squads. Honestly, like that whole tenure with Drummond, did they make like one playoff series like an eight seed and just get their doors blown in? You know, like mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's a bummer. They do have some pieces though. These guys just have to hit. They have to hit their uh, their upside and they have to hit some of their projections as we move. To the Golden State Warriors Warriors are projected 47 and a half wins They bring in CP3 He's now 38 This one, Dave, if you told me That Chris Paul Is going to be like a perfect fit there He's going to get wide open looks For Curry He's going to figure out exactly where Steph and Clay Want the ball, he's going to put it there And that him and Draymond are two of the smarter basketball players that we've probably seen in the last like 25 years. And all of that fits well. You've got Looney, who's just a tough dude out there. You've got Wiggins and Mid Kuminga. If you told me that it it hits and Chris Paul is great for them, I would not be shocked at all. But if you told me that within two weeks, Chris Paul and Draymond get in a fight and those two guys hate each other and they have a hard time and they're like, there's just this weird alpha male energy between the two of them trying to outdo each other. I could also see that, but they're both very smart basketball players. They, they don't, when they're on the court, they're not stubborn in the way they play basketball. Like they don't do things bad for your team, right? They won't go out there and make bad plays to prove a point. Um, they're just sort of stubborn guys. I, I'm really fascinated by this experiment. I could see this thing going so many ways when you have Steph, that's a great starting point. And I think when you have Stefan Wiggins too, because people just forget about how steady he is. When they missed him last year, um, he he gives them something, Dave, that they just don't have. And you knew know him, but it's such a better place for him here with Golden State because there's so much less pressure on him and so much less expectation for him to be the guy than when he was in Minnesota needing to be the savior. He can come here. And he can just play basketball. Some games, it's score 25 points. Other games, he gets 15 rebounds. Other games, he has to lock down and play defense. I've just been so impressed with him accepting this role and kind of growing into the player he is with the Warriors. But I do worry about kind of beyond their top five or six. You got Steph, Wiggins, Clay, Dre, Looney, CP3. Then following that, we're getting into Kuminga. 
and sorry, mm-hmm. you know, guys who haven't contributed all that much recently. Kuminga wasn't in like the rotation that much. He didn't get as much playing time. Sarich has been on teams where he's not even getting the court in playoff series. So um, I, I was actually a little surprised that they were, I think they're the third team in the West as far as when the win total is. And, you know, they're, they're a popular team that people like to bet, but they, you know, they're right there above the Lakers, above the Clippers, above the Grizzlies, above the Kings. They had that really good playoff series where they beat the Kings kind of felt like the Kings may have, I don't want to say choked, but kind of spit it out a little bit there. Fascinating team, Dave, in the uh, in the Golden State Warriors. So, Gino, it, it feels like this is a team, and as we're recording this, it's it's Monday evening. But now, I don't know. Did you see Draymond with his ankle injury? He's gonna be he's ruled out for the opener Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And right, you're gonna start. This is the kind of stuff that you're gonna start to uh, hear little by little, little by little. And it's like if if you go with their ideal starting lineup. Of Paul, Curry, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond. Like in today's fast NBA of speed and quickness, and they're, they average 33 and a half years old, is what their starting lineup is. Like that, that's tough when you look how young the NBA is. Like, yes, you're going to be able to veteran some teams to death of just, you know, how to play basketball and you know, spacing and positioning. And they're going to be able to do that. But you're also going to have the ankle injuries that pop up. And then all of a sudden, Draymond's out for an extended period of time. And then the next time, it's maybe Clay out. And then so maybe- Steph's thirty-five, CP three is thirty-eight, and Dre and Clay are thirty-three, 33. but they are old thirty-three yep. because of all the extra games they've played, all the extra minutes, all the extra playoff series, and Clay's injuries. And I gotta say, I love, love Clay. I don't know how many people don't like. He's one of the more likable, like curating. Players like everyone's like, ah, oh, Clay, Clay Thompson, he's awesome. We've seen him have incredible, um, you know, runs, and when he gets hot, is as good as anyone. He's just not the same guy that he used to be physically, right? He can't and do he's it. He's a both. free agent after this year, right? So that yeah. that whole contract, as much as like as much money as he's made in the past, and how much money he's making like this year, like realistically, like the money he would get on the open market is huge. Is 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 probably not going to be a whole lot based on what Clay has like left, but there, that's not. There's no way that doesn't get into the mindset. No, he's going to want. He's going to want. That's going to be like the money thing is huge. It's going to be holding over them the whole season because this is what happened when they were building this team and we were talking about it. And I've seen this with the Rams too. When you go all in to win, I will raise my hand and as a fan, I want my team to do that every day of the week and twice mm-hmm. on Sunday. Like, I want them to pay, make trades, pay the luxury tax, do everything you can to try to bring players in to win right now. When you do that, though, you're going to get to a point where you don't have the youth and the depth. And they, I will say, they tried. They had Kuminga and Wiseman and Poole, and it felt like they had a young nucleus of guys that they would be able to to pass it off to really well. Those guys just didn't really hit. You know, if, if they either didn't hit or they didn't fit in, right? Like, Poole no. had his moments of like, oh my God, Poole is good. And then he got rewarded with a massive contract. But then when he you also got rewarded with a punch in the face, together, too. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, this is another team where, just as far as like safety, and we'll talk about the Lakers coming up in a little bit, or even the Timberwolves, your team, or the, I, I could see things going poorly for this team. I'm not saying that it will, but I could see it to where, like you said, we're we're talking about this before the season starts, and boom, Draymond's already injured. 
Okay, so now their key defensive piece is not out there. So now if it's going to be more Chris Paul out there, now you got Chris Paul and Curry on the court together. Like what? So if Chris Paul, Curry, and Clay are all playing together on the court without Draymond, and if it's like Wiggins and Looney, man, like there's like two and a half. Like Clay's not the same defender anymore. He's just not. Like uh, D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves were giving it to him last year. Like he couldn't he couldn't defend them in the playoffs, and that was why the Lakers were able to beat them because the Lakers would just kind of send LeBron and Reeves and D'Angelo at Curry and Clay. Over and over, and those guys couldn't they couldn't guard him. Um, so that that's where I get a little bit worried. Like you could see just like you were talking about, you could see there being a bad version of this with these guys getting older. It's just so hard to not trust Steph Curry and Kerr. He's a great coach, and they have a really good like organization and they have a good infrastructure. I just wouldn't be shocked if they were closer to the play-in than than where they are as like projected to the three seed here. Yep, I totally agree with you on that. I think it, I think it comes down to right. It's, it's it's an easy one to fall back on, but it probably comes down to Steph. And if he's healthy and plays at least 65, 70 games, they're probably going to be good enough, and he he can pull the strings enough with everybody else to make it work. If he's out, and then it becomes CP3, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Kaminga, and whoever else. That team's probably going to have its work cut out a little bit because, yeah, like you said about Draymond's got his issues. Clay's not what he was. CP3, right? He, there's there's a reason he kind of was available at, at his age. Like, it, it's going to depend. And like you said, like, stability-wise, like, we've already, like, Bob Myers just kind of got out of there. <laughs> like, so you got Mike Dunleavy as the GM now. And it's like, all right, like, this whole dynasty that was Golden State, it's starting like is Myers leaving the first splinter the first, of mm-hmm. that. And even the thing like the pool where they gave him a big contract and that guy was supposed to be a big piece. And he was good. He had big moments for them. There were times where you were watching him like, damn, this is a Steph Curry cosplay. Like mm-hmm. the body language. You could he was like he was mimicking a lot of what Steph would do, how to get open and run off screens. And like the problem is is that there are there just aren't Steph Curry's out there, right? Like you can yeah. mimic it, you could do it, but I, like him and Damian Lillard are like the only guys that can hit some of those shots like that. There just aren't guys out there in the world that are built that way. There's a reason why Steph is Steph. And Poole, we'll talk about in a minute. He was like one of my must need, must have guys in fantasy basketball this year. <laughs> he was like, I need my two guys I, I needed the most were Poole and Kuzma. Because they're both on the same team, and either one of them, they're like they're just never gonna pass the ball, and they're gonna be like twenty five point score game per game. And uh, it, it'll be really funny when we get to the Wizards to talk about one of our final teams in a moment. I don't know what to do with this next team, Dave, because they the Houston Rockets have a bunch of young, talented dudes like Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, Shangoon, Tate, uh, Eason. Amen Thompson, I know they like And then they bring in Some veterans that are like really solid They they go pay Van Vliet They bring in Jeff Green And you know for all the crap that Dylan Brooks got last year He's a second team all Defensive player he, if, if the guy just didn't talk as much Obviously we wouldn't have the perception of him He's not, He struggled shooting the ball And you don't want as much from him Offensively, but like 
he was a very good offensive player in college. It's not like this guy is is a is a guy that can't handle the ball or can't take a shot. Like he actually is fine offensively. He just sort of got in his own head last year. I just don't know how they're going to me- to mesh. They bring in Coach Adoka, who he had a really good run in Boston, and then the situation with him leaving was really weird. We like never got the real report on what happened. It was like kind of shady information. I don't want to speculate a lot. I don't know if he was in the right, in the wrong, something with an inappropriate relationship with someone on staff. But I did know that he was a good basketball coach and he was a hard ass. Like he he chews you out in the in the timeout or when you come out if you're doing something wrong. I, I am I want to watch this team because. I, I don't know how it's going to work. It's like a crazy science experiment. I want to like throw it in the beaker and see how it all mixes up because man, they, they have way more talent on this team than they've had in a while. Right. Dave, just from kind of from top to bottom, but how are these pieces going to fit together? Yeah. I don't know. Who was it? Who was it? Was it Eric Gordon when he left them? Yeah. I mentioned about just how like chaotic that team yeah. was and just, there was nobody like organizing them. I want to talk a little bit about him here. Gino, check your net, check your Woj bomb. Um, we have a Woj bomb during this broadcast, but it, it'll be, I originally thought the Van Vliet signing, I was like, what are, what are they doing with this? And then it all, as their off season came together, it started to make sense as to what they were doing. And this was a team that yeah had pretty low expectations for. And now you see them and it's like, they are going to be a plucky team. Like they are like sanguine and Jabari Smith, like Jabari really seemed like that, that last half of the year, final third of the year, things clicked for him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dylan Brooks, he's, he and the Lakers already have that game circled on oh, the yeah. schedule. Uh, Cam Whitmore was a rookie that like kind of fell in the draft that people love that he's going to be a bucket coming off the bench. And yeah, with, they with have Udoka, a lot of guys, right? They're they've like, got, they're going to need to make a for, trade even because they feel like they've got like 12 or 13 guys on their roster that are like, oh, I kind of want to see what he's got. Like for a team that you kind of just had first glance off the past couple of years ago, ah, they're crappy. And then you look at them and go, wait, these guys are actually all right. Like, like there's, there's some stuff here that I know will probably be frustrating at times of uh, that there's a little bit sloppy, but with Van Vliet, like, there's a reason you like you pay a guy like that to get him organized. It's like right, when, you, and even Brooks for his like the crowd, mm-hmm. he plays hard. Yeah, right. That's what this team needs. Like with him and Van Fleet, those are two guys that are just going to play hard every night. And with you know? like the, with the rookies and those youth with uh, Green and Jabari and Sanguine, like all right, you put these two vets around them and show them how it's done, and like you're basically just trying to trying to help them out. And yeah, they're Thompson twin. Like, yeah, Houston's gonna be a fun team. It's it's kind of a neat little experiment, but I like it. Me too. They, I mean, they should worth be taking. And like, by the time you're gonna have to pay those guys, the contracts for Brooks and Van Vliet are gonna be done anyways. And you should. It, it'll work themselves out because you'll get the the hierarchy will be established with these young guys. It's it's not quite there yet, right? We don't know. Okay, um, we see the flashes from Green. Is Jabari going to be the guy maybe? Like, how good is Shingun? We'll get a better idea of, okay, which one of these or which two of these guys do you want to build around moving forward? I, Yeah, I mean, of the, like, the 
five. I think they're the fifth lowest win total. Like a lot of a lot of the bottom teams, I feel pretty positive about them. Like I think they could actually have a decent ceiling if we were towards the getting towards the end of the year and they weren't too far out of the playoff. Like if they were sort of like what OKC did last year, mm-hmm. that that wouldn't shock me. Kind of be like a little ahead because the coach does well. Another team where I feel like okay, team's supposed to be you know a thirty win team. Can they start the season six and four or five and five? And at least they go, oh, you know what? This head coach knows what he's talking about. And, you know, we've got we've got some guys out here. You know what? We can do this. I think that would be important. Right. Like what Utah did last year. I think Utah started like 10 and three. And you just kind of keep refreshing the standings every day going, what the hell is Utah doing up there? They're hanging around. Like, I guess marketing's playing out of his mind. And like the stuff is all working. Maybe Houston has that in them. And as you mentioned, a couple Woj bombs as we were recording, people got paid. I was refreshing, Dave. I haven't gotten my extension quite yet, though. So hopefully by you the haven't? time, yeah, hopefully by the time we're done, I'll get mine. But Big O Oconwo agrees on a sixty-two million dollar extension, and then the big one, Giannis, three years, a one hundred eighty-six million dollar contract extension. So, you know, we've got a happy Giannis now. I they went and got Dame. They bring him in. So, um. That, about two months ago in Milwaukee, when people are like, "Oh, what is Giannis? Or is he going to go trying someplace else? Or how is that going to go?" And then all of a sudden, now then it's Dame, and then Giannis is locked up. Boom! <laughs> so they're in great position there. We'll get to Milwaukee in just a moment. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers next. We have a projected thirty-eight and a half win team, and this is a team that'll be built around Halliburton. That's what they want, and Halliburton he really showed out with Ant. I think. You know, the guys that I feel like will have a good year coming off of that run were Ant, were Bridges, were Halliburton, were Austin Reeves. I think they kind of really put themselves up there as guys that could take the next step this year as to what they did. And Halliburton's is very, very good overall. This team is, uh, they're, they're kind of feisty. They bring in Bruce Brown, who should help. He'd be a nice rotation player, play really hard for them, give them a little versatility there. Uh, Matherin had a really good start to the year last year He kind of tapered off, kind of hit the rookie wall But they still have Miles Turner and Buddy Heald They survived Feels like those guys were supposed to be <laughs> traded To every team And to the Lakers 50 times over the last couple years But they're still hanging around They've and taken Buddy, over the John Collins role of like They have, right? Rumor is involving them Every time And Buddy still shoots you know, 42% from three He averaged just under 17 points a game last year They... Yeah, they're like, they're a team that if Halliburton can take that next step, I could see it. I I still feel like you may, like, they're a little off with Halliburton with Heald and Turner there. Um, Like, those guys might be in different places. Like, if they could get something back for what was supposed to be that Turner and Heald package and pair it with Halliburton, another young piece or two. I like some of these, the weapons they have. I, I don't dislike this team at all. I think their win total is about... Fair for them And I could see them being a, like a fun team to watch On League Pass really because like led by Halliburton They're not going to be like a boring Low scoring Type Indiana Pacers team That was like defensive teams that you When I think of the Pacers that's kind of what I think of Like mm-hmm. like defense Maybe an overachieving team that's like Well coached this team should actually be Kind of fun offensively and be able to light it up A little bit 
Yeah, the the Halliburton with his like right, he was he's played in Sacramento and then Indiana. He was kind of hidden. It's not like Indiana got a lot of national television no. games. So like the Team USA, like NBA NBA fans, like they knew who Halliburton was, but I think another sort of fan found out like God, this guy can actually play. He's pretty smooth. So and right, he just got paid and I. I believe he's got the same thing as Ant, where if he can make one of the top three teams, the extra bonus kicks in. So mm-hmm. he's got a $45 million reason to make sure that all everything's clicking this this year. Uh, but yeah, like I we we both talked up Mathurin last year as uh, as one of like the guys as a potential rookie of the year. He was and, awesome like, to he, start. He seemed to really pop. Like yeah, he was, he was really good. Uh, yeah, the, the and then it's hard with they, teams they that are quarter- Bruce Brown. They paid the premium for Bruce Brown, so that's that's a little bit interesting on how that's that'll it, play it's out. Right? When, you're, when you're the sixth or seventh man making a little bit less money and doing that compared to getting your twenty some million a year to be a to be a main piece. Yeah. So we'll see. I yeah, they are going to be an extremely fun team. They they've they've got some guys you like, you, like even Aaron Neesmith. You can make your case for him. Uh yeah, Obi Toppin, right? Going, getting that starting role. I like. He's gonna with with Halliburton's passing. Obi Toppin's probably gonna get his share of highlight dunks. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this Indiana team. Me too. Me too. They're gonna just be a lot more fun to watch than in uh, in prior years. We go from Indiana to the Los Angeles teams. We start with the Clippers, who a little bit older now this year. They have Kawhi and Paul George again, and they're supposed to be healthy heading into the season. They're projected 45 and a half wins. The sort of cloud hanging over them is James Harden. Will they make the trade to bring Harden in? They have that new building coming soon. When they are healthy, Paul George and Kawhi, uh, they have a record uh, with Paul George and Kawhi both. They have a record of 96 and 46. Fantastic. When one or both of them are out, 86 and 80. Kawhi has missed a possible uh, out of a possible 308 games since joining the Clippers, he's missed 147, almost half. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's like with this team, that's really what it always comes down to. And now they're like, now they're just a little bit older, and like a lot of these pieces are older. Here's their rotation pieces: Kawhi, Paul George, solid, but both of those guys are banged up, and they're not right now as good as they were four years ago. When that trade happened, when those two guys were like, oh, wow, this might be the best combination of two that you have in the league. It's not the case anymore. Guys have gotten better. Guys have shown it in spots that they haven't. So they're not that level anymore. I do think Norman Powell's awesome. I love him. He's a very, very good player, like really good off the bench, but doesn't even need to be. They put it, bring him off the bench, even though he could start for basically everyone. Uh, Then after that, it gets a little strange. Like they bring Russ back. It worked last year when one of their stars was hurt. Russ is still not going to be good standing off in the corner if the ball's not in his hand a whole lot. So Mm -hmm. do you want, like, that's the thing. Do you want to take the ball out of Kawhi and Paul George's hands and put it in Russ's hands more? I don't, I don't know if that's better. Um, Man, Zubak, Plumlee, Batum, Covington, and Morris, like, Covington and Morris are, I think, these really good ideas or guys that look good on paper. Those guys couldn't even get in the rotation in the playoffs last year. Like they couldn't even get on the like on the floor. 
um, without Kawhi and Paul George. So some of these guys on this team's depth, they haven't really shown it. Um, and they're getting a little bit older. They're 45 and a half wins. I just, I don't trust this team. I see them as a, I think they're a playing team because I just don't think they're ever going to be a team that cares about winning a ton of regular season games. I think they'll still want to just be healthy getting into the playoffs. And, you know, I see them in like the six to nine range. I I don't think they'll be bad because they do still have talent. And if Kawhi and Paul George are playing, they'll be good. Um, And like the team is solid. They just, I don't think they're nearly even as good on paper as they were Four years ago when when we did this and Three years ago on paper you went okay Wow this team's like really good on paper It just doesn't to me it doesn't feel that way Anymore it's just yeah it's It's basically a year or two older version Than the other ones and it's just like well they, they Couldn't stay healthy the other years why is it Now like when we did when we did this Exercise last year remember how Excited everybody was for John Wall and it was I like, know right. oh you're like, right like, I couldn't like, believe that. Like, like, and I think I said to you, like, all right, Gino, like, all right, I'm gonna Over say under. eight and a half games of I John know. Wall, like PG and Kawhi. What would you do? And like, yeah, I'd probably go under. And I think it ended up as like five or six that I they know. all played you together. You hit it. Yes. <laughs> it was like that was all the excitement. John Wall's back, and it's gonna go. It's gonna work out with these guys. And it just, it was a massive failure. And he was, he, he was gone. Like. So, like, Westbrook seeing him, like, kind of the revival of him last year with these guys was, it, it was good to see. And, like, he kind of found out the position, but, right? It's, it's one, like, they're going to be, I don't even know if you call it big game hunting, but if, if they do go for James Harden and, like, trying to fit that in with these guys, like, I don't, it's one, like, like kind of what I Dude, used that to would be, that would be There's a lot of noise going on here. and Yeah, like, that would be. It's and like, I want to give credit to Ballmer because he's been a very good owner so far. Yeah. He's willing to spend and he'll go pay for whatever they need to do. And I think Ty Lue is a, a very good coach as well. Um, I yeah, if you bring it because the restbook fit well for them, I think more than even the on court stuff. Like he was a guy that was just like a tough badass guy in the locker room for them. You know, they mm-hmm. don't have a lot of that alpha energy there it, it, with the Clippers because their their big stars are very quiet, kind of subdued guys. Like Paul George isn't up in your face and Kawhi doesn't say a word, you know? So it was a good fit because they needed a guy to kind of like have that bravado. I just don't know when they're all out there on the court together if it's going to be a good fit. Like it helps them in the locker room with Russ, but when it's, it's going to be the same thing again out there, like – if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, do you want Russ in the corner at the three-point line? Yeah, this or, this would be a team that they, it would be pretty fun to play them in like NBA Two K twenty four. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> and <laughs> like they they they're much better on that than it is like all right, trying to play eighty two regular season games with them and, and and have them fit because then if you go like Zubots is good, Plumley is fine. Like they have a couple options with their bigs, they're fine there, but I. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to be super healthy, and it just – you can they get through – do you right now – I don't know how anyone could trust Kawhi Leonard to play 82 games and then four tough playoff series in a row. Yeah, I just have like, – There's zero – we have zero to go off that since in the last three years, and, and, and it's Clippers' era of why that would work. 
and I think as a fan, it it'll it kind of frustrates me when I when I have always heard two things. I will go to my grave defending Dave. The two fan like my fanboy that I will defend the Kershaw in the playoffs and Anthony Davis. He's not as injury prone as people think. Those are like my two yeah. angles that I think these poor guys have just gotten the narrative sort of flipped and uh and I like with AD at least with him could Anthony Davis get hurt tomorrow in the first game of the year? Absolutely. It could happen. But what I've seen with him now, I've seen Anthony Davis make it all the way through a playoff run, get the bumps and bruises, play every one of those games and win a title. I saw him last year in the playoffs make it to a Western Conference final. I saw him actually carry the Lakers the last two months of the year when LeBron was hurt and they were way they were in the 12th and the 13th spot. Anthony Davis put him on his back and he carried him. Do, do you like I don't think I could trust a Paul George or a Kawhi to do something like that right now. Yep, I I would not trust him and it'll be one of those things like yep, they might burn you once, but for how if they're going to make the serious run and even get to the like they they are a potential play-in team. Yeah. And so they're going to have to go through the play-in which could be one game, maybe two, followed by that first series, second series. So they're going to have a, probably a play-in and two series to make it to the conference finals. And if they make it there, what do they have left? Right? Like exactly. So we go from the Clippers to the Lakers. And isn't it just, it's so funny how perception changes when we've had these conversations last year and the, and two years ago, when we were talking about the Lakers at the beginning of the year, it wasn't very good. It was like, Oh no, this fit with Westbrook, who knows it's just not going to fit. And the Lakers start one in 10 last year and it's nothing is going right. LeBron gets hurt, AD gets hurt. And I will say, it wasn't all Westbrook's fault. It wasn't. He got well, a lot of crap, and he was the scapegoat for a lot of it. But, Dave, the the moment they made that trade, we said right here on this show it was never going to work. The yeah, first, like, you could see car crashes sometimes ready to happen, and that was one of them. <laughs> we just knew, and it was what was unfortunate for me as a fan, because like when you when you pay attention to your teams, you know a little more, like... The Lakers win the title in the bubble season, and then all of a sudden the season starts a lot quicker than it was supposed to. So the Lakers didn't really get an off season, and then that next year they were hurt. You know, AD and LeBron were banged up because they didn't get that off season to recover. And then following that, because of that, they make a, all these adjustments instead of just sort of rolling with it and understanding that ah, oh, you know what, we had a quick turnaround. Let's just go back out there with with a lot of our core. They make a big trade. They go bring in Westbrook and it doesn't fit. And they got rid of all of their depth. Like because of bringing in Westbrook, you didn't have any more Kuzma or KCP or Caruso. And you basically just got like different versions of those guys again. Now, you know, like you got a team that fits a lot better. Like I look at this roster. They were really good since they got, since they made the (laughs) trade last year, they have AD and LeBron who are a little bit older. This is the rest of their team. Um, Rui is 25, Jackson Hayes is 23, um, Torian Prince is 29, Austin Reeves is 25, D'Angelo's 27, Vanderbilt's 24, Gabe Vincent's 27. This isn't an old team after those two guys. Like, they have just a lot of solid players. D'Angelo struggled in the playoffs last year. He's a really good regular season team. Like, they've got some versatility to them. They can throw some different looks at you. I think where I, where I, I still worry, they need another, like, big presence 
because yeah. they need another guy that can help them defend Jokic. I don't want AD to get banged up all that much because after AD, it's Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood, and those aren't really like defensive centers. So go get me a big man like a Dwight Howard type template guy who can, you know, pick up a few fouls a game. You can throw at Jokic, and they'll need a piece or two here. But man, I'm excited as a as a fan. And just a year ago, I wasn't. And even like little things, it's fun now to have a guy like an Austin Reeves who feels like this guy that came up and he's he's your guy. You know, yep. he's a Laker. He was as much as LeBron is awesome to root for. LeBron was a transplant. He didn't come up through the Lakers. Anthony Davis, he came up other places. You know, uh, you got some of these guys. You put this team together. But now, you know, D'Angelo was a Laker to start, and so D'Angelo, there's kind of a, a fun little feeling with. And now, Austin is like, oh wow, we saw this guy blossom. So now you you, it's a fun team to root for again. Also, it didn't feel like a a team of hired hitmen like a couple years ago. It, it sort of did, where it's like, oh, we've got all these nice guys and pieces, but. Man, we we got rid of like Bi, and we got rid of a lot of the kids, and there's no more Kuzma around, who I loved, and we got to see. But it feels a little different with Austin and with this group. And you know, Rui showed he's a very good fourth option on a team when he doesn't have to be the guy that's pressure. Doesn't that remind you like a lot of what happened with Wiggins, kind of with Rui? Yeah, I, I think for sure, put in the right situation and put like taking from one environment, throwing them over. And Wiggins is better. One. Right, yeah. I think Wiggins is a better player with more of a ceiling, but like you sort of take a little bit of that pressure off him, and you put Wiggins next to Clay and Steph, and you put Rui next to AD and LeBron. And it's like, well, who are you going to defend? Rui's always going to have an open look, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if you're one on one, like he's a big dude, he can shoot right over you. I I have a like a really fun feel for this team coming into the year. I think they're going to be good to root for. My only worry, Dave, is that. For me as a fan, as we record this the day before the NBA season, it has not been a very good 10 days for me because the Dodgers lost all three of their games. Not only did they lose, they got absolutely destroyed. They never even had a whimper in that series. And while that was happening, the last two weeks, my USC Trojans and their entire season and possible playing for a playoff national championship has gone up in smoke. So within the last 10 days... I went from thinking I could be rooting for two championship teams this year to I haven't had a team win in the last the 18 days because it's been three weeks since USC and Lakers start, I think, with Denver, Phoenix, and uh, Sacramento, right? Their first three games. It, it wouldn't be surprising if they lost those three games to start the year because those are three good teams. Dave is a fan. I need something here. <laughs> I need a win. I need a little pick me up. I I at least had an okay uh, over the weekend. I played the pick four at Keeneland, and in the last okay. race, I went all. And the the horse that won was forty four to one. You got that and, one. And and what's crazy is that the, it never happens like this. The difference between the horse that won was going to pay thirteen hundred for a fifty cent pick four, and the horses that ran second and third were going to pay ninety one or one ninety. So the Ooh. difference between them was that much. So I'll take that little bit of luck. But man, my fandom, my rooting, poor Stephanie here and Milo, they've heard a lot <laughs> of F-bombs being dropped and a lot of, what are you doing? Can you believe that? Oh my God. You know, I hear my son do that and I go, oh God, where did he get that from? That's exactly how I responded when Freeman struck out for the 15th time. So uh, you, sound I, like I hope- Halo. you probably sounded like 
Caleb Williams' agent would go in. I did. Like, he's the lock number one, the next the future like, oh, franchise no. of everybody. They're like, God, is he going to go number one? Oh, no. But uh, talk to us about the Lakers, man. It's just, it is so funny how in, in a year or two the perspective has changed. Because last year we were like, ah, unders, I don't think they're going to be that good. And, like, and this year it just, they feel to me like they're a top four or five team in the West. Right. It looks like to Rob Polinka. There was probably a point, and who knows, but probably by about Thanksgiving last year, when it, when there was probably much of a chance as like how Vogel got cut loose. Oh, he was going to be Blake the guy. Was probably on the edge of like yep. getting cut loose. Yeah, because that roster had so many issues, and a lot of it was like they brought it on themselves. Well, then how quickly everything changed that all of a sudden this roster now, like you said, this is a deep roster. And you've got guys like when you were going over guys like I don't even know if you mentioned Gabe Vincent and Cam Reddish, who like these are guys that are out there like the Austin Reeves ascension of what he became and how he fit in on Team USA, along with like, look at Prince and Prince is being given out to these guys. And he got four years, 56. How no team came in was like, I couldn't believe it. Let's mess with. Let's just overpay him. Absolutely. Just to screw the Lakers. Twenty five. And just see what the Lakers do. I can't believe nobody did that. I really do. I can't. I, it shocks me that like a bad team wouldn't have done that and said, who can, and you know what? If they don't, we'll get this young guy who's a good yeah. player and like a, and he's a good dude too. He works hard. Man, I, I was shocked. I thought they got that deal done. So then they paid a little more just to make sure Rui, they got mm-hmm. that one locked in. So it worked out really well. They got a nice D'Angelo deal to come back and you know what it kind of worked out in their favor because D'Angelo struggled you know late in the playoffs he was really mm-hmm. awesome in the Golden State series right, Golden State series right and he hit some big big shots in the play in um he when they were down he was one of the reasons that they sort of flipped it also and and then they were and because he struggled late and the last thing people remember was <laughs> he couldn't even play against the Nuggets we got a great contract for him like a super friendly deal for him and it's yep. a really tradable contract too. So for some reason, if something opens up where they feel like, Oh, Hey, you know what? Maybe we can upgrade a little bit. They can, they can do that. And they have the options to do so. You know, they have contracts with D'Angelo's. And they and saved with, one of the first round picks from last year, right? They were, absolutely. they were trying to dangle two of them and then they, yep. they didn't, they didn't end up biting on that. So you have the first rounder, the dangle with Russell. And I, I'm going to say one of, in hindsight here, I'm gonna I'm I wonder what the regret is inside the when we covered them a little bit while ago, the Indiana Pacers front office of the trade, for, right? For uh, not even not even the trade, like the Austin Reeves contract, right? They that, they absolutely. they paid they paid Bruce Brown Bruce Brown twenty some million Dude, a year. That's a great with how good with Reeves and Halliburton, how good they played together with Team USA, and you're like. Jesus, we could have put those two together and, and that could have been our backcourt. And as, I, and I, maybe Bruce Brown and Bruce Brown played very well. He's very yeah. good. But like you're pointing out, he's like the type of player he could be. Austin has an upside that's just much higher than him. Like he could grow into being the guy that I see for Austin Reeves is Ginobili. Ginobili. Like, yeah. like that's the guy who I want him to be, who I think he could really be is just that good, like a serious contributor year in, year out. 
because the guy can handle the ball. He can play defense. He can shoot. I agree with you. Is a team like a my like uh, like an Indiana or a, even a Washington type team, a team like that that I feel like you know they went and took a shot on pool. You know, like they could have very easily said, "Hey, let's just bring in a guy like Austin Reeves. Let's go overpay him and let's let this guy get have the keys to the castle." Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that probably would have been a better basketball decision for you because Austin like makes he's not. Again, he's not as flashy, and maybe his ceiling isn't going to be scoring 50 points some night like Poole is, but like making good basketball decisions. I, I just, I, that's what's good about this team, also. When you have LeBron out there, who's one of the smartest basketball players that's ever played, and then Anthony Davis is one of the smartest defensive players that there is. He knows exactly where to be and how, like, on the court at all times. And then you throw Austin Reeves out there, too, who's just an incredible cerebral player. And, you know, for a lot of the crap that he gets, when you hear D'Angelo talk, he's a very eloquent guy. You know, he's very mm-hmm. smart, and he's, like, he's super calculated about what he does and what works for him. And he's actually – this happens every year, people, but he's actually talking a little bit about defense, and he's saying, like, I know why I wasn't playing at the end of the year last year, and I don't want that to happen again. And sometimes it is that, like, having that happen to you that lights a fire under you that wasn't there before. Is D'Angelo going to be defensive player of the year? No. But what I like about him, he's a, he's not a small dude, right? Yep. If he just moves his feet and puts his hands up, he's at least the guy that you can't just shoot right over. You know, he's not like a tiny Isaiah Thomas guy that you can just, you know, pick on. So, again, Lakers, pot last year, you and I were, were negative this year. Feels pretty fun for them, man. I'm, I'm excited and it's it's again the top two guys got to stay healthy. If a LeBron or an Anthony Davis injury comes, it's not going to help them. But they're in so much better shape this year to kind of fill in for one of those injuries if it happens for a month than they had been in any of the years past. No, for sure they have they, the depth that they have. Like now, you don't want to deal with it. But if they needed to survive a three week stretch, right? Like hell, the last end of the year last year, right? LeBron got hurt. And it mm-hmm. looked, oh, crap, this might be it for the Lakers. And they actually, they held it together and actually were, were a winning team without LeBron, which is not a common thing in any sort of LeBron James team ever. So, like, you know, this, I, I would think it feels probably pretty good to be a Laker fan right now. Like, yeah. there, there's, even though LeBron's 38, like, there's a little bit of optimism there, which is which is good. Like they've got they've got pieces, and right, Darvin Ham probably learned some things last year. You know, I think he's a good coach. This year as a coach, like I like, think there's I'll, a lot of good stuff going on there. I like it. It's a good energy, and it feels good. We're gonna talk about your team too. It's fun that both of our teams we feel excited this year leading in. Maybe in a week or two we'll feel different, but at least to start, we feel like we've got a a good puncher's chance. Not a lot of positives. In the preseason stuff, though, for the Grizzlies, who we'll talk about next, their win totals 45 and a half. John Morant's going to be out for 25 games to start, so he won't be back till about mid-December. This team's been pretty good without him, though, the last couple of years. They were 33 and 17 over the last two years. Really, it was two years ago. They were 21 and 7. Last year, they were 12 and 10, so just over 500. But what hurts them even more than the jaw injury, we just found out, Dave, you tweeted it yesterday I think that Steven Adams is going to be done for the year and that helps their depth in the front court and they're already without Brandon Clark so now right off the bat that's like three rotation players of your top eight or nine guys that are out and in particular two of your big men 
are out. I I still sort of like their foundation. They brought in Marcus Smart. One wager that I made this year already, I locked in uh, Desmond Bain at plus three thousand to win Most Improved. Okay. Um, he he averaged thirty points a game last year without Jaw, and he is a fantastic offensive player. I was also reading about how he was hurt last year for like uh, uh, on the uh, the Ringer show, the mismatch. Kevin O'Connor was talking about how he for a lot of the the last couple months of the season. He was supposed to get surgery, but he didn't want to do it because they were already depleted. So he had like a special insole in his shoe that he'd have to put on every day. They like built this thing for him. So it was supposed to help. And then two days after the season ended, he got surgery right away. And if you watch him in the preseason, he's been really good. I I don't, I mean, I could see this team actually slipping into a play in because of some of the issues they have. I still think they're probably like a, Five six ish seed, like not as close to the top that they've been the last couple years. Um, and there is like a weird energy there with them that 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 they've they kind of flipped, right, Dave? Like they they had the weirdest heel turn. They went from being the team that everybody rooted for a couple years ago. Everybody loved them. They wanted them to like beat the Warriors, and then Jaw and Brooks they start kind of opening their mouth, and Jaws got the gun all over the place, and they just became a team that everyone like. Didn't want to see win. There was a a real a real wrestling heel turn there. Yeah, they they made that flip, and it was yeah all different stories here and there, and then they became became villains. And it, it felt like it really started like for me it was two years ago when it was the Wolves versus Memphis in the postseason. Like man, I, I'm sick of these guys. Can't stand them. But it's my, my my fear with Memphis, and I and I think you're right that this first 25 games that Ja is out. I just and in and, and your bane bet is probably gonna be a pretty good like you're gonna need your bane bet to come through. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know where the scoring comes from other than really bane. Like that's I know like Marcus it's, Smart, it's like gonna be too you know, much tweeted, smart. Oh, I got this. I know <laughs> it's gonna be too much smart, right? Like the he, he is someone who he, he needs to be like in a good spot and reined in. I like yeah. Marcus Smart as a player very much. I think if you have a bunch of Marcus Smart type players on your team that care and that play hard, I'd rather have a bunch of guys like that than a bunch of guys that don't give a crap, you know? Mm-hmm. But he needs to be in that spot. And now it's going to be like, hey, Marcus, we need your scoring. Go for it. I was like, uh oh. Right, like people have to, I don't, that's where the points are going to have to come. Like, right, Jaron Jackson has shown, like, all right, he's not just a defender, he can score, but he also gets into foul trouble a ton. And- he doesn't rebound. He had. I leave. I kind of have a bad energy from the way we saw him last in international. What did he have? Like three rebounds in that game that they got eliminated. Like he's. Yeah. I, he. There. There are some things missing with him too, right? Mm-hmm. You. I watched him last year, and he's a good defender, very good. And like you said his. They're gonna need his offensive game big time this year. Like they're gonna need him to be, especially in that first twenty-five games of the season. And with like with how good the West is, like it's it's Memphis, and no matter what they like, right? The record was always phenomenal when Ja was out, but I think a lot of that had to do with like you had Tyus Jones, who then elevated into that position. It's a great point. It's a great and, point. And Tyus just kind of knew how to blend his way in, and it, it wasn't about Tyus. And he just all right, good the show leader. Must go on. He's got it. We're now all right. Now Marcus Smart, like hey, guys, he's I totally got it. different, right? That. He's a totally different player than that. And 
And then I, they said, I, right, and like it's just a trickle down effect. So you got Marcus Smart there as the starter, but then all right. So when the starters come out, like Derrick Rose is going to be that guy now, and like and now you're Ray counting Rose on him. Was basically banished from that Knicks rotation by the end of the year last year, even though he was a Tibbs guy. Like I, I I'm I'm a little bit worried with this Memphis team on just yeah the scoring number one, but how how it's all going to work in these 25 games without John, how, how well they survive. Like I, I could see them 10 and 15 or like eight and 17 I agree. Something during that. I agree. And um, I hope as that happens, it's just 30 point games for Desmond Bain. That's yeah. what I want. I picked him in fantasy too this year. I, there's like three or four guys that I really wanted in fantasy and I could be dead wrong, but I got all of the guys that I think will have good fantasy basketball years I don't know how much it'll translate to wins and losses. Bain was one of the guys that I really wanted. Um, the other one I, I told you was Poole and Kuzma. I got both of them. And then I got Aiton was another. I just okay. think there will all be good fantasy players in their spots because they're going to get a ton of opportunity there. I don't know if it'll contribute to wins and losses, but uh, we'll see with Memphis. Their win total is 45 and a half. We go to the Heat, Miami. They were all in on the Dame sweepstakes, and then they didn't get Dame. And and unfortunately, it kind of hurts them a little bit because they lost Struess. They lost Vincent. They do get Hero to come back now. And Robinson and Martin had good playoff runs. You wonder, like, this is a team that I could see. But, I, I mean, then my counter immediately is Pat Riley would not put up with his crap. Harden, right? Like, no. I could see this being a spot for him. But then right away, my counter is like, Harden just doesn't seem like a, a Heat player. I think for them, kind of a fun one, if like Toronto's a seller, I could see Siakam going here, there, and like kind of fitting in well and being like a hard-nosed, tough player and just kind of going along with them being a tough out. This team was three minutes away from being done last year, and they somehow crush the uh, the like favorites to win the title in the Bucks, mm-hmm. and then they... Beat and they beat the Celtics and they the craziest part was they blew a 3-0 lead and then they win in game seven on the road, which was insane. Like I have so much respect for Jimmy Butler and Coach Spo. You know, there's only four coaches in the league, Dave, who have been coaching since before since the pandemic. Is that four. it? Four. four. That is crazy. It's it's and Spo is one of them. And it's Spo. Pop, uh, and Michael Malone that's, and Kerr. That's it. Okay. That is, so they're still with their same teams. Yeah, that is still coaching their yeah. same teams in their same spots for five years. That's crazy. It's it there's is. so much turnover in the league now. But this guy is good, man. And you, you see it in the playoffs even more because when he has a matchup or when he has to scheme or when he has to put guys in right spots. Man, he gets Vincent and Struess and Duncan Robinson and these guys playing their best at the at that point of the year. Um, so they're a tough team to for me to get a feel for regular season because I always think they're a team that's just going to be better come playoff time and give you a little bit more then. Um, and this roster isn't – they're probably just not as good of a roster even as they were last year. But they'll probably lean a little bit more on hero regular season. I could see him – you know, being a big like counting stats guy, but I still kind of have them in the same spot they were last year. I think they're like a, a 
Either at the top of the play-in Or the bottom of the teams that make the playoffs I, I still don't think they're like a top three or four team And that, that's right where they want to be They just manage themselves and get themselves there And Jimmy with his bangs knows what he wants to do uh, No, th- That was so funny that, Those bangs, culture. man I think they've even got a heat culture jersey this year, don't they? We do Those bangs were funny, that. dude Those were like funny heat- Heat culture jersey. Like the, the part about like Siakam, I just Miami just all the Dame rumors, it never seemed like they budged off of like their initial package of what they were gonna give. So it's like you wonder just how hard of a bargain they're gonna drive. Like like in like in Toronto, like, they they're not Toronto's not gonna give anybody. No, away. they don't like they don't. They just won't like, give you away, period. He'll just keep them and let yeah. them walk during the offseason if he needs to. Like that's that's what they did with Kawhi. That's what we'll do. Right, Van Vliet, they did the same thing. Like, you'll ride it out to the very end. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, this this Heat squad, yeah, it's a year older. Hero, after his name being in rumors for like the last seven months, it's probably going to be all right. Hey, man, sorry about this. Go nuts. Now it's your turn. Yeah, all you, buddy. All you. All go, you. Go nuts. Like, oh, you, you so... want to shoot 25, ga- 25 times a game? Go nuts, man. Like, Let's, we we want to see you win games, so go do this. But it's yeah, Miami. They'll be there at the end, no matter how shaky or how sketchy it looks. Uh, right? They get your they get your guy, Mister Heat Culture himself. Uh, right, Jaime Vasquez, Haquez, the UCLA kid. Dude, he's and you know what? He's he is a Heat guy. Yeah, totally. And I was bummed because the between him and uh, the two Pac-12 guys, Drew Peterson, I think. Uh, didn't make their main roster I think he's going to be like in their G League and go back And forth so they were a couple SoCal Pac-12 guys out there but Hawkins is solid too Like he's he's like a good Like a, a I think he'll be a Good pro I really do and I think he's a good fit For this team and then, yeah they're just A tough team to count out they're well coached they have A good like infrastructure Their their win total feels Right about right like a couple games Over 500 like Feels pretty accurate and the team they lost out on Damian Lillard too is the next team we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks who have the second highest win total projected 53 and a half just behind the Celtics and it's funny cuz this team will they will feel and have a completely different look i think even with just that one piece going out really because they're going to have a lot more offense and a lot less defense and we've seen in the last few years Dave that i i don't think that the way they were Constructed was working all that well. They needed more offense in these playoff games when things got tight for them. Giannis, as incredible as he is, he's—I just don't think you want him playing point guard. You know, no, and that's that's, that's, that's not what, his ideal spot. That's what was happening. And now Giannis can go down low a little bit. You can run some pick and roll with him and Dame. Lilliard has never played with another player even close to this good, and we can knock. Dame's defense, I think that they'll have some perimeter defense issues for sure. Those are things, though, you can find other guys throughout the year that can help you play a little perimeter defense here and there. You're not going to find another Damian Lillard who can do what he can offensively. Like, I'm I'm really pumped for Lillard in a big playoff series again, which we haven't seen from him in a while. From I think from, like, really when it was the Lakers— and he beat the Lakers in one of those games, you know, where I was always terrified of him. Mm-hmm. There's, he is like, he is pretty close to Curry with the way he can hit those shots off the dribble so quickly. And in my head, as soon as this happened, 
I was like, oh man, th- this could be really scary in the playoffs with these two guys. If Yon- with Giannis down low and Dame actually handling the ball. Um, what did you think of the trade and what do you think about the, uh, the Bucks? I, I loved the trade. Like the, yes, they're going to miss holiday on that, but they, they do need like holiday was never going to be like a 25 a game score. No Middleton at age 32 right now. And like the way injuries he's been in and out of the lineup, they needed a guy that could score. And what that's going to do is it's going to make things a lot just easier for Giannis. Like that two man game with them is going to be incredible. Like it's going to unleash Dame. It's going to unleash Giannis. Like it's, it's going to be a good mixture. I am worried about the rest of their, the rest of their roster. Like it's just yeah. like Malik Beasley as you're like, you saw him with the Lakers last year. Like they're going to be counting on Beasley. They're going to be counting, counting on, on him, and he's going to have Jay games Crowder. that he wins you, but then right? he's going to disappear and t- get out of, get out of the rotation completely. And that's what hurts like, because he, he's starting for them. Yep. Right. Like he's, he's, and he will be a good fit he's going to get a lot of wide open shots, but you know, he doesn't play a whole lot of defense out there too. And now you have him out there with another non defense first player like Dame. Um, if it's those two guys and then like Middleton, uh, Giannis and Lopez, that's pretty solid. And I actually, I like Connaughton quite a bit. I think he's like a really good role player who could do a lot, but you, you kind of hit on what, what makes me a little nervous for them it's kind of the same thing that makes me nervous for the the Celtics is that they're going to be counting on guys now that we really haven't seen contribute all that much or recently. Like Jay Crowder is going to have to give him something. Mm-hmm. You know, he did nothing, like nothing last year after they traded like a billion second round picks for him. He could yeah, acquired him and he even had comments like I don't know what they were doing using me. And yeah. it, it felt like that was going to be the end of it. And like, nope, he he's back. Like, all right, well. Crowder, hopefully you've repaired that relationship because you don't want him sitting on the bench. And there's something weird already. Um, so they have a new head coach, Adrian Griffin. They got rid of Bud. And they bring in Terry Stotts to be an assistant, which felt like it was perfect because he and Dame were so familiar with each other. A few days ago, we hear like, oh, Stotts is getting, you know, really doing a really good job with how he's kind of going to run the offense and stuff. And then he's gone. He stepped mm-hmm. away, and there were rumors that Griffin didn't kind of like it. They yelled and screamed at each other, that there was a dynamic between the two of them. I think sometimes for a new coach, when you have a veteran coach right behind you on the bench, you can kind of keep looking behind you, right? You look over your shoulder, you get a little nervous that you know uh, the guys are going to lean and maybe go to the assistant and, and instead of you. So that, that was not great right off the yeah. bat to start, but man, like... Then I see something like yes, I, as of yesterday or earlier today, I was watching and Giannis has a box of his Giannis Greek Freak shoes that he was giving to every member of the organization, okay. and he just like he's got a he had a cart with like a hundred boxes of shoes on it, <laughs> and he was walking around and he was giving them to everyone. He gives one to all the players on the team. It was really funny, and he gives one to Dame, and then Brooke Lopez is like. Look, he's got one for me. It, it was like the corniest thing, but it makes you smile, you know? And then you're like, damn, Giannis is a good, just a good guy who does those goofy dad jokes at the end of uh, the press conferences. And so I think as much as I have knocks for them, I kind of have the same sort of knocks for Boston with them, with two. And I, I, I'm hoping and praying that we get to see these two teams in a playoff series. I do 
if we did like Miami right now, takes them both out. Until the until Miami takes them both out. Exactly. Right. Because if it were right now and I had to pick one, I would I would go Milwaukee, I think, of the two of them. Um, over Milwaukee, Boston. And if it were just the t- between those two, I still feel like in a series, they might have the two killers yeah. if those two teams matched up. Like Dame is a badass and Giannis is too. Um but that would be a lot of fun. And, and the way it's projected right now, it looks like the Celtics and Bucks are the two teams that are supposed to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's get to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, projected at 45 and a half wins. Ant is the man. We have seen this guy just blossom. Remember the, the narrative about Ant a couple of years ago when you and I talked were, was like, he doesn't really care about basketball. Or like, we don't know how much this guy wants to play basketball, which is so funny to think about now. And then it was almost like Bill Simmons had never seen him play. And there was like a moment when Simmons talked about him on the podcast. And it was, you and I were like, oh, look, I think Bill Simmons saw Ants play for the first time yeah. ever. And he went, <laughs> oh, wow, this guy is kind of, he's the guy. And he just has continued to, to step forward. You know, he's had one or one or two little silly things, but he seems to like a good, like a good leader, a good guy you want to have in your locker room. He plays really, really hard. He's got his game has gotten better. He's added to his game. And man, I like I like him quite a bit. He's one of my favorite young players. And for Minnesota last year, when your team made it to the play-in and you got yourself a playoff series, you were missing. One of probably the second most important player on your team in Jaden McDaniels. Definitely Jaden, and then right Nas was hurt as well. Like as well. Was. And and Jaden is like such a high upside guy who can play defense and is taking the next step. And he would have been huge. So I I gotta like your team, man. And you have a lot of just NBA players out there, even like some of the other guys you brought in. Uh Kevin O'Connor on the Ringer podcast, he says that Leonard Miller is incredible. Like, he went off on this Leonard Miller tangent and said, this guy is so good. He's one of the biggest steals this year. So I couldn't believe it. I'm, like, getting ready to buy some Leonard Miller stock. Uh, I will tell you, Troy Brown Jr. hit a really good year last year for the Lakers. And then what ended up happening was when the Lakers made some of those trades late in the season, Troy was – kind of getting a little, like he was getting a few less minutes. And then what happened in the playoffs in the first round, Rui was amazing. And so Mm -hmm. Rui just kind of took all of that, those minutes from him. Like Rui just didn't miss a shot. And so unfortunately, Troy Brown Jr. didn't get any time anymore. He kind of got lost in the playoffs, but he had a really good year last year. Guy like Shake Milton, he's not bad. Like I just, I like your depth, like 10 10 guys deep here. Like it's, it's interesting to see how this Timberwolves arc has went in the last, uh, I would say, like eight months, nine months, where it looked like the too big thing wasn't going to work, and people were really down on it. And then all of a sudden, the Timberwolves gave Denver the run that they did in the playoffs, and people kind of got into them a little bit. And then it seemed like it dropped a little bit over the offseason, even though the Wolves were adding pieces. And now, like, going into this season, it's like – it was cool to hate on the Timberwolves and go into those two bigs and what did they do trading all this stuff for Rudy. And now you look at different things and it's like, oh, their ESPN projections has them as like the second most wins in the West. Other teams like, yeah, I see him as like a top three, top four team in the West. And it was like, 
where did this like Timberwolves love come from? Because it was really cool to like bash them. Last I know here, and now it's like I think a lot of it was it's ant, kind of honestly. our team that people. I don't know if it's strictly the ant stuff or people kind of seeing cat kind of trying to act take things a little more seriously or giving that more persona. mature. Yeah, like it's it's kind of like the Timberwolves have made this arc now where they're on like this the upward trajectory where like. God, this might actually work out. Like, and will it? Like, like one thing I ants the man. Ants the absolute man. I last year, second half of the year, I was spending time in the locker room, kind of doing some additional things for the radio broadcast. And the coolest thing about that was seeing Ant like was as awesome as like he hoped you would be. Like, I hadn't spent a lot of like time by him, so I wasn't quite sure. But then you see how he interacts with like the guys in the locker room and the other players. And it didn't matter if it was Rudy at the locker next to him or cat, or then Conley, once he comes in or the guys like Nas Reed, Torian, Torian Prince, like he was the leader of the locker room. He talked to everybody. He's got, he talked, it. To, he talked to the it. media. Like he would like, there was after one of the Vikings games and I'm sitting there talking to him and we're talking about Adrian Peterson, his hands and like, how he always used to be AP and when he played Madden. And it was like, Ant is just kind of that guy. And it, so it was like, it was cool to see him like, God, like like the stuff that you think, it was like legit. Like that's who he is. The other one, like Mike Conley, like that after that trade, and, and yes, there is, with the Rooney trade, things were one way. But then when the Timberwolves, when it looked like it wasn't working with D'Angelo, and they turned that into Conley along with Nikhil Walker, Alexander, and like three second round picks. It worked like, so well for a, all these teams, for every it worked team. for everybody. It was yeah. And like Conley for being like an adult in the room, like is is D'Angelo Russell in a one on one game with Conley probably gonna probably gonna win more of those? Does he maybe a little bit more on that? Yeah. But for Conley putting it all together and like the decision making, right? Yep. That's I think that's the key for him is just being a guy that makes the right D'Angelo is in a better spot now where he doesn't have to kind of be the leader as much. He mm-hmm. was, he was trying to take over that role as being like the unofficial leader, you know? And I think that it was just, is a little too, it's, it's hard sometimes when you have a player like Ant, who's the best player, like they really should be the leader a lot of the time, you know? And that's what's happening now. And you have that voice like Conley that everyone just trusts because he's been there and he's been around it just when we talk about some of the other teams that we think, wow, they've got talent, but we don't know how they fit. I actually like the way this team fits, even with the two bigs, because you actually have three bigs and you mm-hmm. have like a ton of versatility with those bigs with with Nas in the mix. Yep, with Nas in the mix. Nas is gonna play probably more of the four this year. Mm-hmm. In and playing along with those guys and not playing as like the back of big. He's gonna probably rotate in and yeah, play he, with I, them. He hit that three to beat the Lakers, man. I'll always, I still see it in my head over and over that one right at the buzzer too. He hits that, and, that set shot three that you're just like, he's not even moving his feet. You couldn't even put a piece of paper underneath them and he just drills it. It's like the Brook Lopez shot, you know? He's like a, and he's a cult hero here. Like oh, the yeah. fans love Nas, but even like he, he made that team USA select team. And there was, yeah, there was something I was listening to and they were talking about like the next team USA team and oh, what kind of bigs do they have? And it was like Nas Reed was thrown out as like an option as like one of the bigs for a European style nice. who they could go with. And it's like, 
this Timberwolves team is low. Jaden McDaniel's contract got finalized today. So that's he's locked in. But yeah, Nikhil Walker Alexander for what he gave last year for defensively and being able to knock down shots. Like he he was a guy. I I was not, I would say I I was not overly excited when they got him because it was he was a young young 20-year-old, 22-year-old guy that had bounced around like a 3-and-D guy that had bounced around to a couple of different organizations and felt like Portland kind of gave up, Utah gave up. It was like, what's wrong with him? And really all he needed was a chance. And once like the Wolves kind of gave him that chance, and like I think Mike Conley, because they came over from Utah together, I think Conley really kind of looked after him. And once Alexander Walker got into the lineup, he was like, wait, this was like, this is why he was like a high draft pick. Like, They've they've kind of unlocked this, and they've showed this kid that they be, they believe in him. And sometimes that's all you need is just somebody to believe in you. And then it's like, oh, there it is, the lights on. So no, it like the other pieces like Shake Milton, like he, I think he's going to be a good addition. Me too. Like, I, I like that all. Slow mo, we got slow mo, but then yeah, Leonard Miller, Leonard Miller, everybody, just watch. Like he was. He was like a top 15, top 20 projected pick, and he fell down into the Wolves in the second round, and they jumped right at him. Sounded like Denver wanted him. Like, he, he can play. He, I don't know, he, he kind of looked like maybe like third-year version of like Jermaine O'Neal is kind of what I thought he looked like, where it's nice. like, yeah, he's, he's got a little bit of everything. He's got inside, outside, can rebound. He's also got that line or three. But no, it's, I think things are very optimistic for the Wolves right now. Well, how will it work in the postseason? I'm not sure, but it feels like regular season wise, they are in that 45 to 50 win. I think they're area. three through. I think they're a three through six team. And like and I, I really, Ant has, like I said earlier, Ant has got 45 million reasons as to why to play all and, NBA level defense and offense and everything that he's going to do with the, the. That's how the, the contract moves up. The teams like this that are still trying to kind of make their mark and kind of stamp themselves as a player, these are the types of teams that overachieve a little bit sometimes and get the one seed in the regular season because they care about winning a bunch of regular, you know, they care a little bit more about winning the game night in, night out out because they haven't proven themselves yet. I could see this team being one of those teams that all of a sudden we look down and we're like, oh, damn, they're second right now in the West or they're right up there in that top tier because they take it seriously each and every night now with with Ant. So I wonder if they would be one or two seed. Just saying, Ant is forty to one to win MVP because the MVP right? usually comes out of a top two team in each side. And just there's saying, a little fatigue. Like think about the the guys who are in the top of the MVP right now. Also, right, you've had we've had Jokic, we've had Embiid, we've had Giannis. There's a little fatigue from the voters, I think, with all three of those guys. And then Embiid was so bad in the playoffs last year, it kind of didn't, you know, didn't show himself like an MVP. I don't think those three guys, people aren't going to be wanting to line up to vote for those three. And, you know, you've had LeBron and Curry, they've had their moments. Tatum, he's kind of that next guy in the tier below them. But then, like, right below Tatum is a guy like Ant. Yep, he's he's there. He's he's ready and, like, I think last season, like, I think he came into the season a little bit out of shape last year. And granted, like, out of shape for him is, like, I would die to be in that kind of oh, shape. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Like, you <laughs> like, just, it, it seemed like it took him, like, a month, month and a half to get going. This whole Team USA thing over the summer, like, he, he's been playing. He is ready. 
he looks it's crazy within like three four years how complete how How much he's added how much he's added to his game where he was three years ago and then it's like wow look at the ball handling how that's improved wow look at the playmaking how that's improved wow look how he like draws two defenders and gets an open guy a look look at the shooting like all of those things we we've seen him get better and that as someone who doesn't even like know how he is i know he's a hard worker in watching him because it's visible every time i see him after a gap of time, he's added something else to his game. He had like a, I don't know if you saw versus Chicago, his like hook shock, hook shot. Yes. To go bear. It was like, it was just whoa. like an athletic throw. Like, it was like, he not, kind of jumped on this a whole lot. And, and it's, it's a pretty it. dangerous play, but he still did it. I like this team, man. And we're both, it's, it's fun to be excited about your team starting yep. a season. And right now we both are with the wolves and with the Lakers. Let's go to the Pelicans for our next team. 44 and a half projected wins. This team was the number one seed in like late December last year. And then they just cratered. And you just never know what you're going to expect from Zion. Here are Zion's years. Rookie, 24 games. Second year, 61 games. Third year, did not not play a game. Fourth year, 29 games. But he's averaged 25.8 points per game. The, The funniest thing about Zion that I remember... I don't know if you remember watching his first ever game. It was like appointment viewing because he hadn't mm-hmm. played the first like two months of the season. And then it was like, okay, Zion's going to have his first game tonight. And when he played, he was four for four from three that night. He drained and it was like, oh my God, Zion can hit threes. And he, he made 19 more threes in the, in the rest of his career in 113 games. He's only made 19 other threes than that. The first time we ever saw him, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. He's, like, figured out this three-pointer. And then you watch the rest of his game logs. He's like, doesn't even attempt threes anymore. It was so funny that night. It was, it must have just been all the energy, you know, and, like, the, like, he must have just had, like, such a, such a great sense of, of, like, okay, I'm going to do this, that he ends up drilling those shots. But it's, it's, it's sad to watch someone like this because, He's very good, but now I start to wonder with him, like we've heard all these weird things about how much does he care about working hard and getting in shape and doing the stuff in the offseason and how much does he care really about winning. Um, B.I. had a weird World Cup too. Like Mm -hmm. all the positives we're talking about, Ant and uh, Austin and Halliburton and Bridges, Ingram couldn't figure it out and he was kind of sulking. Like it was a weird, you you just so rarely do you see someone – in that scenario, like, oh, I want the ball more. I'm not getting this or I'm not getting that. It was, yeah, it was, and I don't know if he's great, like, playing off the ball either. I think he kind of wants to be the guy holding on to it. I like a lot of their pieces, CJ, Herb Jones, Valanchunas, but then we got Alvarado a little banged up and Trey Murphy banged up. A lot of fringe rotation guys like Lewis and Marshall. I think you know, they kind of have a wide range, but I see them kind of right where they are as like a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a top team in the West. Yeah, I, I'm with you on them. I, it seemed like they made that run last year for a little bit because they were they were in the mm-hmm, the, the, they the got number one seed, the play in discussion, and they they were right in there. Like, yeah, and they they made the play in tournament, and but it was just like oh, I'm just I'm not crazy about this team. I like their their bench. Yeah, their bench doesn't do a whole lot for me. And Grant, like Zion, like, yeah, how many games we can get out of him? Like, 
Yeah, he's played like 61. I saw the thing. He had played like 61 games one of the seasons, which even surprised me. Me too. I was like, I, I didn't like, think what? he played that many. Me neither. I, I was shocked to see that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm a little on them skeptical too. on this team on, it, on New Orleans. It's it's just too. it seems like they're they're gonna have their work cut out. Things things need to break exactly right, and in the the bloodbath of what the West is gonna be. Well, like last year was a was a perfect year for them in the West, mm-hmm. where it was more wide open, and we didn't know what to really expect from Denver. The Lakers had a bunch of issues. The Warriors had a bunch of issues. Everybody like the the difference between second and like thirteenth wasn't that much. It felt like it was a great year for them last year, and I just don't know if they're better now, right? I mean, like, can we tr- with Zion for a full season? Sure, he's less than Kawhi, less than Paul George, less than like anyone. Do I trust Zion right now? We've never even seen him in games that matter. So we move to the Knicks. Forty-five and a half wins projected. They won a playoff series last year for the first time in ten years. They. Man, they got a stud in Jalen Brunson He averaged almost 29 points per game From January on, including in the playoffs They do bring in DiVincenzo I like him a lot as a rotation guy I think he's like a really good You know, either a starter And like your fourth or fifth best starter Or like your second guy off the bench And he could close games for you He actually played pretty well against the Lakers uh, Last year for Golden State in that series And, you know, for them It's I think it comes down to a guy like Barrett He's just so up and down There were 139 players who qualified Over the last four seasons And he has the lowest true shooting uh, The second lowest true shooting Percentage of any one of them Only Dylan Brooks was lower uh, Over the last four years of players that qualified So You know I I just get a little bit Worried about after Brunson and I, I'm concerned about like getting into the playoffs again with this team. They do feel to me like with Tibbs, who you know doesn't take off nights, doesn't take like let guys mess around, doesn't want to have a group of guys who don't take it seriously. I think they'll be a solid regular season team. I think they'll be kind of right where they were last year. I could see them being right in that four or five spot. And then it comes down to in the playoffs, can you win around? And then can you beat either a Milwaukee or a Boston? And as they're constructed right now, I don't think they have enough. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I love Brunson. He's he's a gamer. He oh, It seems like he overachieves. I don't know if it's just his body type or his, uh, how he looks, but he, he just overachieves. And he's like the old guy in the pickup game. And it's like, so God, that guy's just dead. Out here, just based on, look, you probably wouldn't pick this guy. But then you get him out there and like, Oh, this is the best guy on the court. Um, what what are we going to get out of Julius Randle this year? Where I, you know his body right, language, he had, the, he had the monster year a couple years ago, and then two years ago fell off completely. And was like, oh wow, fire! They got kind of screwed on that contract. And then last year he had the big rebound. So is he going to like a horse race? Is he, is he going to bounce? Right? Or is this kind of what he's going to be now? Um, so so we'll see with him. They. I don't think Quickly's deal got there. I know he was one for like the extension. Uh, I don't think they got done, but like, right. Josh Hart was a hell of an acquisition last year that really helped them a ton along with that Villanova connection with him and Brunson uh, along with DiVincenzo. So they, they're, they're Villanova. Uh, I guess if things go sour, do we have to look yeah. for Jay Wright coming? I was going to say they, yeah, they really going to bring Wright in. Um, yeah. I, 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 I like, I like Hart. Right. 
Yeah, and I like, like I, I, they're they're solid. They're they're mm-hmm. a solid team. They just feel like they need to get to the next level. They they'll have to get a few of these guys. Like you'll have to either try to turn your, you know, your quickly and Barrett and Grimes into something else, right? I think if those guys don't hit, you're gonna have to try to. Can you turn those guys into another? Like a number two star on your team, you know, another real, real key contributor. Cause it just feels like they have to upgrade a little bit. But man, I'm a big fan of Brunson. So are you. This guy, he's he's a guy who I'd want on my basketball team, no doubt about it. The next two teams we're gonna talk about, Dave, they're kind of buzzy teams. Everybody loves them this year. Everybody is high on some Oklahoma City Thunder. They are projected 44 and a half wins. They lost in a playoff play in game last year. Shea Gildas Alexander was incredible He was fifth in MVP voting And he had a very good World Cup in the offseason They played really hard last year They just lacked size and a little bit of depth And now boom, you bring in Chet Seven footer who can do it all And now you have a little bit more depth You've got you know your young guys over the last few years Who were probably playing a lot of times When they may not have been ready to and now they're ready to contribute. Dort, Isaiah Joe, they've got Man over there. Uh, Poku's another one towards the end of their bench. I love Giddy. Um, man, I my only concern would just be that like everybody is super high on this team and everyone's just expecting them to take the next step forward. And they are a really young team still. Like for as much talent as they have out there, they don't have really like any veteran. Like at all, honestly. Like you go through their whole roster, there's like no real veteran that's been around for 10 years, 12 years, and you can kind of lean on. This is one of those teams that like could they do something to get a Siakam? You know, they have so much young capital. Could they get another guy there to kind of put with um to put with Shay, to put next to Giddy, to put with Chet? I just still feel like if they can Package a couple of their pieces and get a like one other guy. I, 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 like a little more trustworthy veteran. That's what only thing that scares me because talent wise, man, they could be super, super fun. And like, I bet Chet a few months ago at plus 750 to win rookie of the year just because yeah. I felt like everyone's going to be on Vic and Weminyana. He's going to get so much buzz. And Chet actually might be on a better team, like playing in more important games and impacting winning a little bit more. And those odds for Chet have majorly dropped, right? He's yeah, plus four hundred now. Yeah, they went like. down from seven fifty in a couple months. So you know what, win or lose, it's like I'm on the right side of it already, right? I feel like I already yeah. got the good value on it. So like, yeah, you were saying about veterans, like SGA is the veteran on this team. It's going to be his sixth season, but right? he's basically the veteran on this team. Twenty five Bertons is you know he's your he's your elder statesman at thirty. Every other player on their roster is twenty nine or under, besides Bertons. Which is nuts. And so this seems like this seems one of those teams like with their with their assets of all the first round picks that they they can go trying to pluck somebody away. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny with Harden back to Oklahoma City? uh, Like, there's no way you would do it. But like if a team could absolutely go pay for it and not be hurt by the assets, mm -hmm. it would be it would be them. But you would never want to bring a guy like that into this with all these good kids. Like say, like say he stays healthy. Like they probably give up one of those first rounders to go get Gordon Hayward 
Absolutely. Right? Oh, oh, dude, right? that's a good one. Like, that's a good why, one. Why not plug him in there? He's like, yeah. He, he like he's not going to disrupt anything. That's a great call, like, Dave. Yeah, that would be one that I would look at for for them if if things are going that way and they need a body of like a all right we need another functioning swing guy slash bigger guy like low you can go risk with high reward because you yep. wouldn't you're not asking you're not going to need him to contribute as much on the court as like the overall package that he brings. Yep. Right, guy who's been there, guy who can help. Hey Shay, now nah, you come here on the court when you do this. Hey, you know, let's he can shoot, he can. I, I like that. That was one I hadn't even thought of. But for Oklahoma City, you have so much capital. You have so many assets. You have so many young guys that you can't play them all right now. Go get a guy who would be a little higher up on your rotation. And you know what? You take a swing and it doesn't work out. You're not going to be losing a whole lot. You're not going to no. be giving up Shea or Giddy or one of your key pieces. I like that one, Dave. I really like that call. So that's for, yeah, that's kind of was thinking there. But it's I the, the, the Jalen Williams. But the, I guess the stockier one. The, the, yeah, like he, he was, was like second in rookie of the year voting. Yeah, he was. He was. He was phenomenal. And he, like during that the playing game versus Minnesota, like they were kind of plucky, and he was doing good. And then he got hurt and didn't play much in the second half, or really even like maybe the second quarter. And that was really what that. Then it was just too much. The Wolves were too much for them last year. But like. Yeah, the that Jalen Williams was very impressive. Like, for he, he had some buzz coming out of Santa Clara, and he he lived up to it. So, no, this is a fun Oklahoma City team. But yeah, it's a lot different when you're the underdog coming to come get these teams compared to now. Like, people are ready for you and knowing. All right, Wednesday night Thunder here. We just can't use our B game and that no guys. that is the key right there every there's no sneaking up on them like last yep. year they were they were ahead of schedule and so whenever even two years ago when they were like tanking they were still kind of feisty mm-hmm. you know they were like and they, they had to shut everybody on their team down because they were like winning more than they wanted to I think and this will be way different way different now when there's some expectations Yep. Now you're supposed to go out there and win every other night. You're supposed to win more than you lose now. You know, um, that that's the key. So that that's what makes me a little bit nervous about them is that we're just penciling them in right away. But, man, I, I like that Hayward move, too. Go get him, someone, and, uh, yeah, use one of your, uh, your many assets. I think last year you and I were kind of high on this Orlando team, mm-hmm. and they didn't have the greatest start to the year. But I, I hear a lot of people kind of high on them again. And I think for good reason. Like, you look at the roster that they have, and you kind of compare it to some of the teams towards the bottom. And I feel really good about Paolo Vanchero. He's another one who looked good in the World Cup stuff. He's only 20 years old. Franz Wagner is awesome. He's really, really good, too. He's 22. So now you have two guys on your team that, you know, their peak – they might be top 40 players in the league, top 35 players in the league, and you and you might have two of them on your team. You know, um, that I don't know if they're there right now, but in like two years, and they kind of have that upside. So right there, I like those two guys to start. It feels like, okay, we kind of have our guys that we can build around. Let's start with those two. And then you've got Wendell Carter Jr., who's kind of underrated, Jonathan Isaac. Who was really good and is now going to be back on the court after missing tons of time from injury. 
you have Suggs, Cole Anthony, and Fultz. Um, so between the combination of those guards, like Fultz is still only 25. It feels like he's been it's, around for forever, you know? And and then you've got some vets like Joe Ingles and Gary Harris, even just in their win totals, you know, they're not in the low 30s. They're up to 37 and a half. They're like right on that cusp of being, you know, on the bottom of a playing team. And for a team like this, for them to be ahead of schedule, it's just does Paolo take another step? Can he be faster to being like a top 15, 20 player in the league than than where he is right now? And he might. Like we saw it with Ant. We saw it with guys like that. Can they just develop maybe instead of what would happen in two seasons, can it just happen in one? And that might. He might have learned a lot. He played with some good players. His work ethic might be different. So I'm I'm high on this team. I their their win totals 37 and a half. Could I see them being a 40 win team? And being like a back-end play-in team I could And I think this year their roster's better Than it was even last year Where it was more like oh, I like Paolo and I kind of like them But I do feel like they have Eight or nine NBA guys in the room now Like I like a lot of their rotation players They gotta figure a little bit of it out But you know you give me Wagner, Paolo, Isaac, Carter Suggs, Cole Anthony, Fultz Mo Wagner, Joe Ingles And Gary Harris Like it's not a bad rotation. There's a lot of like average to just fill in NBA players. There doesn't feel like there are a ton of holes for them. So I'm I'm kind of high on them this year. In that, you know, I think they can go over their win total, and I think they could be a feisty team. They burned us last year, but we're back. We're know? back, baby. We're back. We're back. It's Isn't magic. that the, uh, the definition of insanity? It's <laughs> gonna like, keep coming back to them. No, I I, I like them. Uh, the the Wagner brothers, Wagner brothers during the FIBA World Cup were something incredible to see. And Dude, they were that awesome carries out over there. into the season, I think. It right? does. Like, Franz takes nothing from anybody. It's like he's 30 to 1 for most improved player. If anybody wants to go ahead with that route, like, I, I don't know. I like it. It's a plucky team. It's time for Jalen Suggs, the Minnesota kid. Time for him to, he, he was a top five pick. It's time for him to make that make to show that he belongs because I think I think we know what Paulo is I think we know what Wendell Carter is uh Franz we know what he is their backcourt is the question mark right like false false seem to have like he's revived himself but they need he and Suggs like they for sure need one of those two to pop and that's the thing like they they all three of the like are all of their backcourt feels like guys that would be like a sixth man yeah and good in that role like I don't know if any of these guys are like lead guard guys. That's that's my concern. I like Fultz. I actually think he's like Fultz is like an awesome sixth man or maybe like your second guard, you know. But just do they have the real like guard leader? I don't know. And you know, for a team like this, there's going to be some holes. But very very excited for them. And I think if you're a Magic fan, you should be excited for your team with uh, a lot of nice pieces. We're getting down towards the final end of our show here. Always thanks to Dave for getting through our marathon show that we do here. And we uh, we appreciate all of you out there listening. 76ers, they're projected 47 and a half wins. New head coach Nick Nurse comes in. It's like, oh, hey, Nick Nurse, here you go. Deal with all this James Harden crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, welcome to Philly here. You got James Harden. And then if you lose, you're going to have fans that booed Santa Claus. So <laughs> you're, uh. you're in 
you're in a tough spot here. Um, one one player that I like, um, and one guy who I could see really taking a big step forward this year. I'm sure a lot of people will agree is Maxi. Maxi averaged 25 points a game last year in the 13 games without Harden. I know it's a small sample size, but he's one of only four players in the league that shot 40% or better on at least 300 three-point attempts in the last two years. So as his volume's gone up, his percentages have still been good. Um, And I I like him. He's like, when you hear him talk after the game, he sounds like such a little kid, and it it makes me – I appreciate his honesty. He go, man, I was so nervous out there. I didn't know what to do. I had butterflies in my stomach, but then I just sort of settled it. Like he'll tell you the stuff that someone says, don't say that, but he's, he's very real. I like him. Um, Embiid coming in off the MVP season. They fell apart in the playoffs last year. I know, I don't know how much he will contribute, but I think one of the most underrated signings in the entire off season was Pat Bev coming to this team. I actually think he will like do a good job of like motivating and like that all the the guys that want to take a moment off. Beverly yep. doesn't let you do that. He doesn't. Even he didn't even let LeBron like he was that same way he is <laughs> with LeBron in the treat in everybody the, in the same way, right? You know, treat every if if you're gonna treat a rookie like that way, treat the other people, and that's yeah, that's, that's what Pat Bev does. Yeah, and so Philadelphia fans are gonna love him. They are. He's he is. Made for Philly. He is made for Philly. And if they can get whatever this James Harden like looming stuff out of the way, is it's so funny right now. Like they traded for Harden because of all the crap Simmons, they couldn't even get Simmons to play. And now Simmons is playing and fine. And Harden won't even show up. It's this full circle how these things happen. But you know, can you go get something or a couple pieces for Harden? Problem is, like you were saying, who the hell wants to go trade for Harden right now? Like, who wants to go bring that in and give up a couple pieces? Only a team like the Clippers who feels like, ah, you know what? We just kind of got to try to push all the chips in. But I, it's so hard for me to project, like, what is Nick Nurse doing? How is he practicing with this team? Like, how are they running offenses and scheme and stuff without Harden there? They can at least lean on Embiid and and lean on Maxi. And, I mean, I just – I don't know how to, to – to, have them move to the next level in the East when we don't know the Harden stuff. Like it's, it's tough looking through teams and figuring out where does James Harden fit, right? It's kind of the same way with Westbrook, how it is of like, this isn't a guy that you just plug in there and things like he's going to need the ball defensively. He's got issues. Like where, where do you, I know. where do you plug him in at? Who, right. I guess who knows? Maybe, maybe Orlando's plucky. And Orlando goes, all right, we need we need to upgrade this guard situation. Maybe we take our swing at Harden and see if he works with these guys. I don't think they would, but maybe they would. Because that's what's hard. Like we're saying, like any of the situations that you talk yourselves out, it's like, why would you bring him in if you're excited about your young guys? And they've started to look good and have some upside. All of a sudden, you want to take the ball out of Franz mm-hmm. and Paolo's hands a bunch more. You know, it's like you said, he's not like even a guy like Durant, right? Like Durant, you can slide in to pretty much any team, you yep. know, and like he'll fit fine. You're gonna have to pay a lot. You're gonna have to give up a lot to give him. But if you've got ball handlers and if you have like a nucleus there, you can bring Durant in, and he's not gonna upset the apple cart. Um, nope. Yeah, this this team's got to figure out the the Harden issue because until then, we just don't know what to expect from them. 
I do think it'll be a big year for Maxi. The Suns, they are projected the most wins in the West. Them and the Nuggets both have 52 and a half. They bring in head coach Frank Vogel and Devin Booker. I got to give him credit. He took a nice step forward last year, man. He's improved his game on on defense and as a playmaker. And so I I he's doing things that I didn't think he could do. But with this team, they have Booker, star, stud, won't knock. Kevin Durant, fantastic. One of the all-time greatest scorers we've ever seen. Here's Durant's last four years of games played. 47, 55, 32, and a DNP year. Hmm. And here's the last four years of games for Bradley Beal. 50, 40, 60, 57. They, so those are their three guys that are going to have to play 40 minutes. Not, maybe not during the regular season, but playoff games... Those guys are going to have to like not come out of the game at all. And can they get there? Can we trust that these guys are going to be there in April? And I'm not even talking about Nurkic, who has not played more than 56 games since the 2018-2019 season. So that's your your top four. You have three guys who are incredibly injury prone. Incredibly. And if any one of those guys isn't in there, What's your depth going to be? Because if you don't have Nurkic, like, I hear them talking about, like, they're going to run KD out at the five. What? Like, yeah, okay, cool. That's good to do for, like, stretches of games or, like, for a mismatch. You're going to tell me Durant can play defense as a five and defend bigs and defend the paint repeatedly and take all of those bumps and bruises? Like, that doesn't seem like a great role for him. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good little switch up to do that, but it's, there's no way it's sustainable, right? It's just, no. if you're going to go into that, you're going to, Katie's right. He's 35. Like he's, he's not exactly young. He's 35. Like if you try to do that and play him against bigger guys, it's, it's every time he's and been he's a slender that. 35. Well, he tried to do that two years ago with the Nets. Remember remember how awesome he was in that playoff series where he was playing every minute of the game and he was like, he had the series where he had his foot on the line and if he doesn't have his foot on the line, that it's a three instead of a two and they end up winning that game and they move on and things are different, but he's not, his body isn't able to do that, especially at this age anymore and Maybe he can, but you want to expect that. That's what you're expecting. We're expecting to lean on him that much. Um, I like Eric Gordon. I like Grayson Allen for them. I think those guys will be really good. Bull, bull. That those will be like fun pieces that will get a lot of run. Will get a lot of look for them. And man, there's going to be some nights where these guys like score 150 points. You yeah. know. If the three of them are all flying and they catch a team on a like on a back to back or they catch a team on a road trip that's just sort of not playing defense one night. And I even think like to start the year, I think Bradley Beal's gonna kind of get a like he's gonna want to show, hey, look, I you guys forgot about me. I'm still, you know, I'm I'm this star. And I think he could have a monster first month of the season. I I feel almost exactly how we talked about this team though going in. You and I were not high on them going into the playoffs last year for all of the same reasons. Like they're super top heavy. They're just not deep enough. And I if one of these guys gets hurt, what are they gonna do? I, I don't I don't know. They I, I don't think they have the front court depth. I am gonna say this. I'm gonna go out of my limb. I'm gonna say Drew Eubanks. Uh, he is gonna be, he's gonna be more of a player than Nurkic is, my guess. Yeah. 
he's, I, I, he's solid. He's, he's really solid against the wolves last year. Or like the last couple of years, it's like, like who the hell is drew Eubanks? Well, he like, he, he can play. And I think with like, with this, with this team, I, it feels like he's going to be probably a piece that's going to help out more than what Nurkic is going to, especially with like the health issues and he's younger and it's going to fit in. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I want to see how this works. I want to see how it's going to be with like, it's all like the point guard situation, like the removing CP three and being the catalyst for the offense. And now it's going to be like, all right, well, Beal and Booker, you share that duties. Like who who's going to be the facilitator and get this all set up. I know. Like, like, is it, is it going to work? I think Booker can do it. Booker's shown that he, he can be, passive at times with that so i i think he can do it it's just another thing of like all right are you there's no like again yeah you don't you don't have a point guard or like a really traditional big yep e- either of like you don't have two of the five key pieces on the floor right now and yeah, you don't have a lot of wiggle room because you you spent so much capital to bring in durant and then to bring in bradley beal that for as much crap as he was given and like I know he doesn't want to be like a defensive stopper or anything. Like Aiton is way better than Nurkic, you know, like what they're gonna get and like and what they were getting from him. So I I'm down on this team. Not so much like that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't I would circle right now if you were telling me you were giving me like odds on who has a better year of them and the Nuggets and their even money, I will take the Nuggets every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would agree with that. I just, I'm not sure how well this team is built. And maybe they make a move or two, but I got to see it. Portland is going to do the opposite. Portland traded Damian Lillard. They have 27 and a half wins as their projected win total, which is the lowest projected total in the West. And it'll be the first time that they don't have a Dame or a CJ McCollum in a decade. But they do have young talent. They bring in Scoot Henderson. They're super excited about him. They love Shaden Sharp. He's only 20 years old. He shot 36% from three last year. Anthony Simons has been very good, in particular when Dame wasn't around. He took the next step. And now they bring in DeAndre Ayton, who is going to be like a super focal point of this offense. And, you know, he was the number, like a top pick and like a number one option in Arizona coming out of college. He was a really good offensive player. I expect his numbers to look pretty good offensively. Jeremy Grant. Is a solid wing He may be out of place here He seems like someone who could get moved This season because a lot of these guys Are younger and Jeremy Grant could go somewhere And, and really help a team win Like Grant on like the Thunder yeah, You know Thunder. where he's been right like he's the type of guy Just like you were talking about with uh, Hayward uh, With Gordon Hayward like he would fit Really good there um, They also have Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams Too I could see those guys maybe Going to a different team and helping You know like a, a win now team They'll be a fun league pass team, but I, they're going to be one of the worst teams, and that's what they want to be right now. Yeah, they they're they're going to be fun to watch, but it's going to be kind of a mess getting there. Like <laughs> Chauncey Bellops has the work cut out with this team, but it will be like Aiton needed. It felt like he needed a fresh start. I really I thought with Monty leaving Phoenix, I really thought he would kind of stick around there, like being that. All right, it just wasn't working, but. They, Phoenix must have seen enough that said, "All right, let's let's move off of him." So, him bouncing back there, the, the Scoot, right? How how is Scoot going to be? Is Scoot looks the part? I I wonder if like Scoot, 
it seemed like Scoot has had knocks at various points. And I wonder if he's going to be able to stay healthy enough to make like a run for rookie of the year. Cause he's going to be able to put up numbers. Oh, his volume is going to be volume massive. Is gonna be huge. Is he going to be able and, to stay healthy enough? Because I think he got hurt with the G League team a few times. Like one of those games when they were supposed to play Victor, it felt like he got hurt the first game and then sat out the second. I'm I'm just I'm wondering if he's gonna if he's gonna be able to hold up. This is um, another team where yeah, Jeremy Grant, Malcolm Brogdon's thirty, Jeremy Grant's twenty nine, and everyone else on their roster is younger than younger than that. Yeah, um, yeah so some young talent up here. Let's see if if Scoot can lead the way. Let's see if Aiton, you know, will be happy being a more focal point of a team like he wanted. As we continue on through the West to the Sacramento Kings, their projected win total forty four and a half. They won forty eight games last year. They were the number three seed. They had a tough loss to the Warriors in the playoffs. Sabonis so didn't look good, but he I don't think he was one hundred percent healthy there, you know, and and so he got kind of a lot of crap. But he may have been banged up. They have the same type of core, and it's a pretty young core that you think should be able to improve. Uh, Fox, Sabonis, Monk, Murray, Herder, Mitchell. My only worry would be they shot really well. Like, they were a super efficient team, so maybe they're not quite as efficient. Um, And I don't know if they've improved their defense quite enough. They did bring in JaVale, so at least that gives them a body, like, against Jokic. You know, against, like, Anthony Davis, you can have a guy to defend him for... Five minutes at least and pick up a couple fouls here and there But I think they're going to be solid Like I trust Fox I think Mike Brown did a really good job with this team last year I don't know if they'll be third But I think they'll kind of be I have them right kind of in the mix With with the T-Wolves Where I could see them being like three through six Right in that range Like probably above the play-in But maybe not like a the one or two seed In the, in the West um, What do you think about Sacramento? I... Yeah, I like Sacramento, but they're going to be like Oklahoma City, where they Oklahoma City snuck up on teams. I felt like Sacramento did as well. Expectations this year again, and like Fox, yeah, won won the Clutch Time Award. He was he was annihilating teams in the late part of the games, but like we'll see how it is. I, I like I like their roster. They have decent depth. Uh, just. I, I don't know. I, I think they're, they're going to be a plucky team. And if, if last year wasn't a fluke and they're able to come back, like they're one of those teams that can make, make things interesting. Like we, like they've got a point guard, they've got a big, they've got shooters that they've, they've got a good mix of what guys are and like to be dangerous. They can play defense. Um, it I just was I, last year with one hit wonder, right? That's kind of what we want to ask ourselves. We can, they, can they show us now that they have they are a perennial contender? Or was that one of those years where they got hot early, they had a good start? As we mentioned, the West had all these problems, right? The Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, those teams were decimated by injury. Ja Morant was in and out of the lineup. So a lot of these teams that you thought were going to be really good in the West last year, they had issues at the beginning of the year. And Sacramento was this team that they didn't have a lot of injuries. They were able to send the same lineup out. Night in, night out And now can they take the next step forward If they have to play this year And raise their level Like we saw in the playoffs last year They took a a lead early But every time Golden State Kind of raised their level of play And stepped up The Kings couldn't quite match it right, To get to that level So um, I will say they added Chris Duarte Who had a He had a really big rookie season And then last year 
regressed and it wasn't as good. But I think they got him for like a pair of second round picks. It's a great it's like, buy low type. Yeah. Great I, buy low. I think move. that's a right shooting, shoot, shoot, shoot. Like like get guys that can that can gun. And he he was a very his first year, he he showed that his shooting at Oregon was not a fluke. Like so we'll see if if they can rejuvenate him, maybe that's a little bit of just extra piece that they have. Extra ammunition always works. We move from the Kings to the Spurs. They are projected 28 and a half wins, but this is all about Victor Wembignana. Um man, I got to say, we've heard the buzz and you know, he got a lot of hype. And you never know with the hype, we've had players get hype. But physically, the things that he's able to do I've never seen another basketball player do some of the things that he even tries to do on the court. It's like, what? Um, the the little stretch he had in the Warriors game the other night, it was about 90 seconds where he like blocked a shot, got a rebound, dribbled the ball up the court, kind of backed the guy down, hit a turnaround jumper, picked up the rebound the other way, came back down, hit another little, uh, or I think he got fouled and he hit the free throws. And then he stepped, he was like inside the paint and he stepped out and blocked a Wiggins shot at three. And it all happened within like two minutes. It's like, what the hell is going on? He, but he reminds me of like, you, I hate saying this. It's just inevitable that he's going to get hurt once or twice this year because, because he goes after everything. It's like what the first, the first few few games of Anthony Davis's career, or like when you when you watch yeah. Anthony Davis at Kentucky, when he thought he could block every shot, that's what Webinyana does. He thinks he can block every shot, and he goes after every one of them. And there's going to be times where it's like, ah, dude, you just you didn't need to try to go five feet to get to get that one shot. But he like visually, I usually like to like downplay these kind of guys, Dave, because I. As the gambler in me, I want to be the contrarian, right? I want to try to zig when everyone zags. And if everyone says this guy is this or that, I just, I don't see how he's not an unbelievable pro basketball player without getting hurt. He just, he feels like it's going to be too good defensively and what he can do on that side. Like this guy's the real deal. Yeah, he's. Right, that first, even his first summer league game, like, oh, he struggled, uh-oh. and like, oh, oh, is it not going to happen? And then, like, games two and three, he just like kicks everybody's butt. Yeah. Like, there was the one, yeah, were you saying that there was the one play from like maybe his second preseason game when he was covering somebody atop the key, and he basically pulled like an alien move and took one long step along with his like eight hundred inch wingspan. And like stole the ball at the free throw line or tapped it loose. And then it leads to a fast break that he gets a dunk on the other end. And like the picture, like the amount of ground that he's covering is like left hand, left foot on the three point line, right arm is inside the free throw area. Like, it's like this guy would possible? be amazing at Twister, right? You know, like it's like left hand red, right hand blue. Like he's all over the place. And my favorite part is watching the other, like, the guys in the NBA are your top 1% of most athletic people in the entire world. And watching guys like Thomas Bryant make faces of like, what the hell was I supposed to do? You know, yep. like when this, this guy's an absolute freak, what do we do? Like Seeing some of these unbelievable players and the facials they've made watching him. It's like, wow. Um, and 
it's it's rejuvenated pop too, man. Like mm-hmm. pop is gonna be around for another few years now. I'm sure he at least wants to get this guy. He wants to develop great habits for him, right? He wants to have this guy be the next Tim Duncan for this franchise for 20 years. Um, and the Spurs were a big Laker rival, but I I only wish the best for Victor and for them now too, because this is cool for for him and. You could tell they liked him. They've had some bad years now, and this is what ends up happening. You have some bad years. You get him. The rest of the roster, I mean, they got a ton of young pieces. They've got Julian Champagne, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, and Devin Vassell. They're all under 24. This is crazy. Like they, It looked like Pop was done, and then, oh, five-year extension. He's going to stick around and watch these guys play this out. But, yeah, so, Sean, like, I think he's going to play the point guard or, or – I don't know. It seems like Trey Jones probably ends up playing the point guard. The one like depth chart I'm looking at was having so Sean, but it's like they, they've they've got guys. Devonte Devonte Graham two three years ago with Charlotte. Oh my god, look at he this was guy. Aver- he was like twenty point. He was averaging mm-hmm. massive numbers. Yeah. So now like so they've got him like they well, Col- Collins had a really good year last year too. Collins was hurt. Zach Collins was the guy for Portland a few years ago that was supposed to be like really high upside. Then he had a couple like life changing injuries, and they were really. What's nice about the Spurs, like they were super patient with him. They didn't try to force him into a role that he wasn't ready for. And now all of a sudden, the guy's back, and he averaged like twelve points a game last year, and he's like a really serviceable NBA rotation player. Like okay, state of Texas, Gino. If you had to rank the three teams on how you think they're going to finish, San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas. Look at that. What's your what's your straight trifecta? I like this, man. I like this. I would um, gosh, I actually think Houston's got a shot. Okay, I think I think they got a shot. And if you were telling me, my my only worry is that like. If I knew that the Spurs would play their entire roster of guys 82 games, mm-hmm. I would think I would be a little more high on them. I just feel like if, if at some point when Mignogna gets hurt and it's like the middle part of the year, you know, they'll probably start shutting him down and not worry too much about it. But I like I, – like they're a fun team to watch. They're going to be a blast. And I the kind of what you were hitting on, my least favorite of those three teams is Dallas. Like the team that I'm just like the least excited to watch or about what their future prospects could be. And it's crazy. That's a team with Luca. Yeah. They've got the best player of the teams, but it's, I, I, you feel like, okay, they need more. At least with Houston, you got a new coach. You've got some new pieces coming in. You've got some young guys with San Antonio. You feel really excited about that. With Dallas, you're kind of like, okay, we got Luca. And then what else? That's yeah, a good it, question. Yeah, the, uh, the the Texas teams. We get that Texas two step a lot of times. What, what about this? And and you and you may not like this, but what happens if say they do shut him down, like Victor, and next year they even if they don't bottom out, say they even finish like tenth, eleventh, do they take if if the if it presents itself. Do they become a team that drafts Mr. Bronny James out of USC? I, dude, I was just going to say. And then you, all of a sudden LeBron opts on Lauren, and gets to play with Pop. Victor and Pop. And, and like, could you, you know, dude, I could see LeBron and Pop, like, when on the games that LeBron's not playing, you know, he's like sitting out a back-to-back. 
I could see the two of them on the bench together drinking wine. Yeah. Can you like see it? I I can actually picture LeBron does that. LeBron bring when he's not playing, he'll be he'll bring like alcohol over. He'll be like drinking tequila on the bench sometimes, and it's like who's gonna tell LeBron what to do? You know, and like, what are you and gonna like, do? Looking at that, I was like, yeah, LeBron will probably make some other adjustments to that. Like, yeah, this is so yeah. hypothetical on it. But yeah, but it that, like, oh my god, that would be amazing. Like, that if, that would if be. He's fun. gonna leave that current situation. What's he gonna leave it for? And to play with. With his son, a legend head and coach, this guy. and an absolute freak, maybe. I'm just saying, maybe. I I like that. I like the I like the crazy with the cheese whiz take here. That would be fun. We've reached that part of the podcast. We have. You know, we're that. we're at three hours. We've got two teams left. There are three teams left to discuss. We're we're getting crazy right now. As uh, our final three teams are teams that like don't all probably the going on here right now. Yeah, right. right. I was gonna say <laughs> last, last call. These teams aren't even like national or uh probably championship contenders either. Let's start with the Raptors who have a new head coach. They're projected 36 and a half wins. Um, Siakam, Anobi, both he and Pascal are like always in trade rumors. Scotty Barnes, um, not, he didn't shoot the ball well at all last year. His effective field goal percentage on shots from outside the paint was the second worst among 212 players that qualified. They do have Gary Trent Jr., Pirtle, Precious Achua. They, Lose Van Vliet, they bring in Schroeder. They just feel very similar to how they've been the last couple of years. Like not a whole lot different. They don't have Van Vliet, they have Schroeder, and I. They're a they're a feisty team that a te- they're a team that I will bet some nights individual games. Like you know if they're getting ten points in a game or they're playing Boston and Boston's kind of reeling a little bit and Boston shouldn't be favored by eight. Like they'll play you tough, but they. They just haven't progressed. They haven't taken the next step forward. They lost DeRozan and then they got Kawhi and then they lose Kawhi and they just never have been really able to replenish it since then. They just feel like they're always like a guy or two behind. They never feel like they're they're like their bench is deep enough. They feel like they always have to play their guys a little too much. And they at least have Pirtle now. Some of the years they just didn't have any size. They were throwing wings at Embiid, trying to defend him with you know six six guys, and that just wasn't working. So while I like a lot of their players individually, uh, again, Anobi is one of those guys where I wonder if they're going to look back and go, man, we probably should have traded him at some point for like packages that we could have gotten a lot for. Um, Because now they're kind of in that no man's land where they're not like the worst team in the league, but they're not even, they're probably less than a 500 team. So they're like, oh, cool. Do we get into the play in if we have a good year? Like, I don't like what's a great year for them. I, yeah, a great year for them is finally probably getting four number one draft picks for one of their guys. <laughs> like, like I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I understand why they're doing it, but like, like, oh, like with OG, like, do they want to be the team that's? They've had a good enough viewing of them. Do they want to be the team that gives them forty million dollars a year or thirty million dollars a year and hands them the keys to the car, or have they seen enough where it's like let's. Let's let him go. Like it seems like they have to make the they have to make their decision. They're they're either re-signing him and paying him more, or they've got to go for the draft picks because he, yep. he's young enough and they can they'll be able to get a decent amount for him. Like with that in Siakam, if it, if it's a struggle, then they need to move him. The problem is I just don't know if it's going to be like a. I don't see this as like a bottom bottom team. Me neither. They're right? just in a weird spot because they're too good to be that bad. Yep. They've got four or five like 
solid enough players to where they're not going to they're not going to get their butts kicked either, right? Like even against the good teams, they don't get blown out. They just seems like they're going to not have enough, you know. Um, and like if the things the way you turn sour is like with injuries, but then if with injuries, it's like, well, then that's does that mean OG got hurt or Siakam got hurt? And then what are you going to be able to trade them? What are you going to be able to receive in a trade? Like, it's I don't I, I yeah. don't know. Or 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 maybe they're going in and just going to play it out the way that they have. And if they don't get the right offer, they let them walk. They clean off their books, and then they just- get the draft. They bottom start up over in a year or two, and they go for draft picks or get as high up as they can. Yeah, because uh, they've they've been a well handled and a well run organization, but now it feels like it's kind of a crossroads for them with this new head coach. Which way are you going to go? Which are these guys do you kind of want to keep and build around? Mm-hmm. Utah projected thirty five and a half wins for the Jazz. They bring in John Collins. Uh, they had a really good start to the year last year. Markinen was fantastic. Walker Kessler had a nice rookie year uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, former Laker He had a good end of the season They seem to be pretty high on the rookie Keontae George Clarkson's back for a three-year deal They have Olenek, more from Sexton Yeah, I mean like They're another team that has a lot of guys Right? They're like Nine or ten deep with their rotation players It's just Are their top-level players That good? Like, you're number one And you're number two Like, for them Markkanen was incredible last year. Yep. Are you going to get that same level from him? Is he as he just raised his game? Is he that now? Is he like that next tier, or was it just a good year for him? And maybe he, you know, regresses a little bit this year. That's that's the problem I have with them. Um, they still have a ton of picks. They still have a ton of capital, and they're probably like really still a year away from wanting to compete. But they were really impressive and ahead of schedule last year. And I think we got to give credit to. Their staff and we got to give credit to the whole organization Where we had uh, Ainge come in Change things up You know, he does a good job running things And he does a good job making moves and bringing in guys And, you know, he couldn't get Boston kind of over the hump there recently But right off the bat, he's put Utah in a, a much better position where they were Where they were kind of in that playoff purgatory Like, you mm-hmm. never felt like they were going to win uh, the title They were always a pretty good regular season team they disappoint in the playoffs. This team now can sort of create and mold who they want. They're overachieving right now. And then they have enough assets to kind of go all in one of these years on, on a guy they want. Maybe it's not Harden, but the next Harden-like player that pops up and is a little bit malcontent. I actually heard there were rumors of Lilliard with Utah. That were I, like, I did see that, that they got that they they wanted threw to. themselves into the mix. Right? Like a lot of Star players may not want to go there But they at least Were taking a shot and that that tells me That hey you know what they don't feel like They're too far off because They they would have had a lot of capital To offer think about that if you would have brought in Dame and just sort of like Added Dame to this roster They'd be pretty mm-hmm. good oh yeah they, they would have had All their own picks they would have the Wolves Stash they had the Cleveland stash Like so they could have sent Any of that stuff any of ammo to go Get stuff so th- that's what's cool about them is that if they decide to make a move at some point, they can do it. I feel like like if I was going to play them this year, I'd probably slightly play under just because I think things started so well for them mm-hmm. last year. But you know what? Like they're going to throw out some lineups where you have, you know, Markkanen and John Collins and you have 
you know, Clarkson, who's a legitimate scorer, and you have some solid pieces, I would probably go slightly under, but they they felt like at the beginning of last year when we were talking about them and looking at their roster, we were like, oh gosh, this is a bad roster. Like Markinen and Clarkson, they don't really have a star. They don't really have any like number one guy. And now it, it feels like I feel very much different. I feel like they've done a good job. They just they gotta go kind of pick they gotta go pick their their franchise player now. Is it gonna be through the draft or is it gonna be, you know, someone around? Cause I, I don't think it's Markinen. I don't think it's Kessler. Those are nice pieces, but those aren't your guy, right? Yeah, those are those aren't the guy. They they still need that other. They they need their A list guy. You know who it's the A list guy? Be interesting to see what Keontae George is because there was all of the hype around him on summer league when he 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 was kind of a star and dominated. And then like the preseason, he's got he's got run, but the shooting percentage has been a little bit sketchy. And it's like all right, uh, just a high volume bench gunner is is that what he's going to be like? For all the love, Keontae George had a ton of love this offseason. He did. And we'll, we'll see what that, like, how what's, that like, Yeah, what is what is even his role yep. here, you know? Because he, like, he feels like it's like, oh, I feel like Jordan Clark Clarkson's giving him the stank eye, right? Like, mm-hmm. looking like, you think this is your role? That's me. That's me. I'm the guy that just comes in and <laughs> lights it up. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other, like, get the hell out of here. And if and, you put uh, those two as the backcourt with Markin and as the small forward john collins is looking at this going like i thought i was getting away from trey young and i was and i know touches like oh you're right he's, it's gonna be like, this he's gonna be the same thing for him as we get to last and certainly least the lowest projected win total <laughs> in the nba 23 and a half for the washington wizards and i i mean i look at this team their two best players on their team would probably be the fourth best player on a legitimate team, Poole and Kuzma. Those are their two guys that are going to be like yeah. their highest scorer. And like, and and that's honestly, even maybe you might be even that, being. And that's what I mean. Being you kind, might be optimistic. Like, I think for Kuzma, yes, because Kuzma is like a well, like Kuzma's become a more well-rounded player since he left the Lakers too. He's he defends well, he rebounds well. So like you could you could slide Kuzma onto any team. And he's not, and he'll fit in well because he's not gonna. On that team, he wouldn't try to take twenty-five shots or do stupid stuff. Like Pool is different. Pool is like I'm Pool, baby. I'm Jordan Pool. I don't care where or what or who. He scored. He scored like thirty points in the first half of a game the other night, of in a preseason game. And the next game, he was one for fifteen. Like that's exactly. What you're gonna get from him up and down this year, and um, I I just I, this is a bad roster, Dave. That like him and Kuzma both will average 20 points. Kuzma averaged 21 points a game last year. After that, this is the rest of their team: Tyus Jones, Dalen Wright, Gallinari, Shamit, Mike Muscala, Taj Gibson still in the league. Shout out to Taj. Yep. Um, and then Denny Ajvia, Bilal. Kabali, Corey Kispert, and Johnny Davis are the young guys that they need. So, like those four young guys, they need to hit. Johnny Davis has been one of the worst high picks over the last couple of years. I mean, bad, really, really bad. Kispert's been fine. They need more from Abdia, but like I could see Tyus Jones, Dylan Wright going to other teams and helping them when this team is inevitably really, really bad. Like they could have games where. 
I could see them in some games getting beat by 30 and 40 points some nights. Like if Poole's just having a bad night and missing some shots, what what is the rest of your offense going to look like? Because he's not going to be playmaking for everybody else. He's not going to be getting the other guys all involved and heating them up. And like some nights he'll be good. Some nights mm-hmm. he'll hit. Like he'll be a really good shooter and he'll hit his his shots and then other nights he won't. Uh, this is this roster is probably one of the worst rosters I can remember since you and I have been doing this too. This as far as like they don't have one guy that you're like, oh yeah, well at least they've got Harden or at least they've got you know bad like he's gonna get you know uh, he's a star on a bad team. Kuzma, I love Kuzma is like one of my favorite players of the last couple of years because he was a Laker. They drafted him. He was a late pick. He played really hard. He changed his role. I personally love me some Kyle Kuzma. He's not your best player on a team. <laughs> like, he's just not. But and he is your best player showing up for clothing-wise to the games. You're right. He is incredible. I still think about that pink sweatery thing that mm-hmm. he had that was like 10 sizes too big for him. Um, how bad it's probably a women Yana size. It, it was. I think it would have been big on Vic there. How bad is this team gonna be, Dave? This team's gonna be bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> serious, right? No sugarcoating it. No Just sugarcoating. No, I think I think they're gonna be. It's rough. Like you, you went over there. Like I wonder if Tyus stays the year or if he gets moved on. Like out of this situation, it seems like kind of a. A waste for him, like he'd be such a good veteran point guard. Like Orlando, right? Like, go to Orlando, go go someplace, help how out. Many, how about even a team like Philadelphia? Phoenix, even you know what I mean? Tyus, like, could, like what does Phoenix have to do to get Tyus? To, oh like, my God, dude, that's the perfect one right there. That is like, exactly. I don't know if Phoenix has anything left to trade. No, you're right, but like if he's a veteran buyout type guy at the middle of part of the year where. Washington just doesn't have any more use for him, but yeah, he, he could go and help someone, no doubt about it, dude. I would love. I mean, the Lakers don't need him with guards, but like, I would love Tyus Jones as a guy. But, right, to put they, next but, on. right, they they could if right if D'Angelo if, like if something weird on the one year deal, and they can pluck and him they off, could, and they could trade him for Tyus and Corey Kispert to get some yeah. extra shooting, and that's that's true. Uh, right? You know, it's not like Washington's got aspirations here where that extra money for free agency might help them go chasing somebody. But yeah, it's going to be probably pretty rough for Houston or not for Houston, for Washington. For the whiz. Yeah. For the whiz. Love me some coups. Got the coups man on the fantasy team, but not going to be a great year for the wins and losses for the Washington wizards, but it is going to be fantasy leagues. I'm in two points based on defense. Oh, no, you're right. That's rating. Yep, not not none of the ones that I'm in. Nope. None of the none of the ones that I'm in. So you know what? I am good to go there. And it is so fun to have this chat with you every year, Dave. You gave me over three hours of your time. Because what I like about and what I try to do with my show, um, that just is different than other shows. Like, there are great shows that are produced from ESPN and NBA.com and all these big outlets and a lot of the times they'll have really well done segments where you pick your two or three best but I kind of like to go the other way I like to give people the length right we give them everything because whether you're a fan or whether you're playing fantasy or maybe you're betting on some of these teams and you want to lock in a couple wagers it's always nice to hear about a few minutes about your team you know and I there have been times where I'm sure you as a Timberwolves fan have said God, nobody talks about my team ever, or like we're never talked about nationally. 
Um, every week when I preview the football games, we preview every single game because of that. You just never know who's listening or who's watching or who could need your help with one team or one piece of info. And man, you're uh, you're one of my favorite people to talk with because you're a super sports nerd like me, and you and I could sit here and talk about football or basketball or wrestling for hours. People wanted 10 minutes on the Charlotte Hornets, and we gave them 10 damn minutes. And we-, <laughs> we gave 10 minutes on Detroit Pistons. We got it for you. It was an equal opportunity podcast, and we gave we don't discriminate. Them what they wanted. It's exactly. We don't discriminate here on That's What G Said podcast. Dave Handlin is one of the absolute best out there. Check him out at Superstats. Dave loves to talk sports with you if you want to ever uh, chat on social media. And Dave does a great job following along with the the Timberwolves. He's the radio statistician there for them and uh, does great work at Canterbury. A good handicapper, qualified for the NHC earlier this year too. So, buddy, love you, man. Thank you for the time. And uh, again, it's always always one of my favorite times chatting with you, getting to pick your brain. And uh, let's aim for, you know, maybe middle of the season to do a, another check-in for the uh, the second half around All-Star break. Sounds good. Playoff bracket madness. Exactly. And we'll even have the uh, the in-season tournament, too, in, yeah, uh, in about six the weeks. So playoff bracket madness. That'll be fun. Thank you all for hanging out with us through the marathon show. And thanks so much to Dave for uh, coming and, uh, and giving us all his time again this year. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still more to discuss on this episode of That's What G Said. Dave putting in the work, putting in the work. We go marathon style every year with this. And uh, when you love talking basketball, you know, we just kind of slide right in and look down. Every, I'm like, oh, wow, we've been talking for an hour and a half now. Oh, it's been two and a half hours so far. Dave, thanks, man, for all the hard work. It's uh, always great chatting with you. And thanks to all of you for listening. I love the NBA. In the last uh, really like 10 years, I've always loved basketball being a little Laker fan since I was really young. The Lakers have generally been very good and have had a lot of fun teams to watch and root for. But the last 10 years or so, really myself from like a betting standpoint, from a watching standpoint, I just really have enjoyed uh, basketball myself personally on the watch. And it's kind of moved itself up the ranks of my personal favorite watches. So hope uh, we have another fun NBA season ahead. Good luck to all of you with all of your teams tipping off. And if you are a fan of Marvel and the MCU, Loki is a new show on Disney+. Plus. There are three episodes of it, and we just did a deep dive of the first three episodes with Tim Kelly. I also am going to release that podcast on the same feed. So if you're a fan of that, I couldn't even put it on this episode because it wouldn't have fit. We had so much content this week. So we have an all-NBA episode for you here. Keep in mind the time of the year it is, Breeders' Cup coming up. We'll have a ton of stuff next week for you. I'll actually be out uh, at Santa Anita quite a bit in the uh, the week leading up. So looking forward to getting as much information and having a pulse on everything that's going on there. Have a nice rest of your week, folks, and let's enjoy the NBA season.